You talk about a weekend that could put anybody into a coma. I don't know where to start. I really don't know where to start. I want to thank our morning crew over there, uh, Frick and Frank over on Zeta 4, for giving me a chance at 9 o'clock this morning to promote our So Far campaign. And, of course, uh, most of their audience is on drugs, so they don't know, uh, they haven't got any idea what it is that I said over there, but that's okay. At least the intention was good. It's not the result that counts. It's the intention that's what's important. As we found out Saturday over at uh, that whole fiasco, that was the most embarrassing day in the history of this business. I mean, well, no, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that because Fowler's on five days a week. But it was close. It was right in there fighting. I do want to thank a lot of nice people who came out to C.B. Smith Park. And I apologize that you had to pay, unless you live in Pembroke Pines, to get into the park. Because, uh, oh, man, I'm telling you, that guy over there at Pumpernick's, I hope you're listening this morning, Ken, or whatever your name is. I hope you really got the radio turned up loud and got your tape recorder cranked up and all your lawyers and everybody else. I have never been involved in anything so embarrassing in my whole life. It was an obscenity. I have never been to a prostitute, and I am not or have ever been a homosexual. Okay, that's from one of the other shows in town this morning. A little disclaimer, but uh, we'll save that for later on in the show. How did that pop up again, just by itself, that came on? Have you noticed that? Isn't it great watching all of those fakers now? I mean, they're all pointing the finger at each other, and there was that anchor bird with that big smile on his face, and uh, you notice he had his hand in his pocket the whole time he was doing that show. In fact, he had one hand in his pocket and the other one in Larry King's pocket. Couldn't believe it. It was disgusting. And uh, all of these religious fakers, man, were all running around, pointing the finger at each other. And, oh, it's bad for business. And uh, Billy, uh, whatever his name is, Billy Graham lost $2 million last month. And Falwell lost a million and a half. And that's all they're talking about is how much money they're losing. They've just totally lost it. You notice? They've just gone nuts. But that's not the uh, agenda here today, folks. We have a lot of things to cover. I want to thank Ron Sachs at Channel 10. At least Ron is still at Channel 10 for a couple of more weeks. But uh, I had a nice conversation with him on the phone over the weekend, and he did uh, a positive thing. Can you believe that? Because Ron and I in the past have had a couple of real run-ins. But I find out that he's a big fan of this show, and he listens, you should pardon the expression, religiously to this program. And uh, he gave us some nice plugs for the So Far campaign, and he knows, and all of the other people in the media know, that I'm absolutely right. There's no question about it. The commission has no business in censoring what it is we say on the air. There was a great column by Tom Sander, the editorial writer. I believe this is out of the uh, Sun Sentinel. I think so. A great column. And one of the paragraphs, the vilest obscenities are not the seven dirty words, but laws or court rulings that try to censor any words. Amen. And, of course, we'll get to the Cosford column because Bill, again, really hit it on the head. Anybody want to take odds on whether Cosford will be working at the Miami Herald at the end of the day? I mean, Cosford is a guy who has got some serious, some big balls. I mean, here's a guy with guts, okay? You never know what to look at him because he's got very small fingers, but here's a guy who really, trust me, has got some serious activity in between the ears, some real brains. Where do I start on Saturday? Do I just tell the story? I know, it's, it's, uh, it's hopeless. There's just nowhere to start. I mean, between this company, I mean, this company, man, I'll tell you, really, Guy Gannett Broadcasting, and I know they pay my check and they pay me well. Well, they think they do every couple of weeks, but when the book comes out today, I'm going to go on strike. But, uh, hey, listen, the book could be a disaster. You never know. Don't let those arbitrands fool you. Could be like Pumpernick's. It could turn out that another talk host mother works there. 
I think I'm just going to sit here and leave dead air for like an hour. Oh, I started to say we want to thank. There were a lot of really nice people that came out to C.B. Smith Park, and you were supposed to be able to get in for free even if you didn't live at Pembroke Pines, or at least that's what this guy from Pumpernick's told me as he was driving me into the park and other people were being charged a buck. He says, oh, I didn't want to participate in this unless your listeners could get in for free to see the show. And everybody's paying, you know. So, I mean, this guy, and of course this was, he was driving me into the park because my car at that point was sitting in the parking lot on Taft Street in prestigious Pembroke Pines with four flat tires. See, one thing I like about this company, they really care about the safety of their employees. They're really concerned about that, and obviously the guy at Pumpernick's was, too. He hired the world's only invisible security guard. It was fantastic. Nobody could see him. And not only did we have the guy in the brown leisure suit, and yeah, I know you're listening out there, you miserable, rotten old fart. We know who you are. Not only did we have that guy who slashed the tires, but we also had another old maniac right outside the front entrance there Saturday morning. And this man, if he didn't have a stroke, then he's never going to have one. When I got there, he was screaming. When I was inside, he was screaming. And when I came out, he was still screaming. He was... And this was going on for like uh, half an hour. Now, why somebody in the crowd didn't have the good common sense to punch this guy's brains out, I have no idea, but, uh, I mean, this guy was impossible. Another one, just like at the uh, Diplomat Mall, who were the malcontents? Were they young people? We keep hearing about the young, rowdy punks and all of that. No! In fact, we had a lot of young people come out to the park, and except for that little kid who was telling me about John Cigna in Pittsburgh, except for that wise guy, they were great. But it's some of these miserable, old, disgusting, and they're frightening, man, I'm telling you. Like this uh, guy up in Palm Bay, he was no spring chicken, he was 60. See, and they don't care. They really don't give a damn because they figure, well, we've lived our lives, so we don't give a damn about anybody else. Uh, you know, let's blow them all away. Let's get it out of our systems. So it's a major miracle that I'm sitting here speaking to you alive. We'd have to have Shirley MacLaine and Shirley Peters here today uh, under different circumstances because it could have just as easily been me as the four tires that got blown out on Saturday. And I noticed we have a lot of beefed-up security. If you want to come in and puncture the tires again, that's okay, because our gate's wide open here today at the station. So if you want to come in, please, it's fine with me, because the station's writing me a check today for $400.89. And if they want to give me new tires every day, that's okay. I'll be the only guy in America. Even the millionaires don't do that. We'll use them for one day, and the next day we'll replace them. Although I like the ones with the raised white letters a lot better than these. Okay, so the next time, let's do it right. I mean, these are okay. When I tell you the story of what went on on Saturday, you're just going to do cartwheels, you're going to pee in your pants, you're going to have a nervous breakdown, okay? Not, of course, to mention the four hours of embarrassment that went on the air under the name of Talkmania. Do you know what we had on WINZ for four hours? On, well, I can't say that. For four hours on Saturday? <sighs> Four hours of that. Are we still on the air? Okay. I mean, I can't believe what I participated in. I was just like a, uh, like I was taken hostage or something. Did I make all the lights on the crown monitor? Oh. 
That's a little inside technical thing that the audience wouldn't understand, but I guess uh, we finally, uh, even the brain-dead parts of our equipment upstairs finally just woke up. Maybe the, And by the way, if there are any more people in the building who want to bring any more Howard Stern tapes, I'm sick of that already, okay? You notice you can't do anything in moderation here. Have you noticed that? I mean, a couple of them were okay, and Glenn Hill, by the way, started all of that, so we probably ought to beat him up just for doing it, but... Um, Enough is enough already. I mean, the guy is funny, and we've given him his, his due, and everybody's writing about him, but I don't want to hear any more of it. It's how many times can you hear lesbian dial-a-date? And now everybody and his brother here is bringing in Howard Stern tapes. I'm not interested anymore, okay? In fact, I think that the little sound effect I just made was more exciting than the tape we played for two hours the other day. I think we ought to have a poll today to see who was the most destructive on Saturday. Was it Kathy West or was it Taffy McCallum? Poor Mike Spindell. Now, one thing I'll say about Mike, he is almost always at his best when we have those kinds of shows. Not on his own show, no. They hate him on Sunday, man. They just pick him to pieces. But when we have one of those get-togethers, that seems to be where he shines, at least in the past, as in uh, Roy Shine. Was it Roy Shine? Roy Cohn's boyfriend, was that his name? I don't think so. It'll come to me. But anyway, um, even Mike was just overwhelmed by the mediocrity of what was going on there on Saturday. Nobody could hear anything. I couldn't hear even the people sitting next to me. And a crowd was getting restless because they were all there frying their brains out. And, of course, Taffy was enjoying that because she likes to see anybody fry. And that's all she kept saying, man. Capital punishment. How can you be against it? How can you... That's all she said. And even when I was doing my routine about Smith College, she just kept rambling on about capital punishment. That's all that woman knows. I think she really wants to star in one of those, in that movie, The Terminator, because if there's anybody terminal, she's the one. Boy, is she incredible, huh? In fact, I want to tell you, Saturday may have had something positive come out of that show because they have canceled her subject and her guest for today. They're going to be giving Taffy McCallum electroshock therapy for two hours on the radio from 2 to 4 this afternoon. Now, that I'll listen to. I'll make it a point. I'll sit in the parking lot and listen to that while they're jacking up the car to put the new tires on. Hey, listen, 400 bucks a day. Let's see, six days a week. That's 2,400 a week. That's only a little over 100 grand a year. It's not bad. It's 1019 at WINZ, and uh, I got so much to do here today. I mean, there's so many things that I have uh, little notes written down. By the way, if you haven't been to Pumpernick's in uh, Pembroke Pines... There is no Pumpernick's in Pembroke Pines. There's a Royal Market cafeteria that put a sign up that says Pumpernick's. That's it. If there's anybody out there, you know, if I had a business with a famous name, okay, with a positive reputation, I wouldn't just be handing it out casually and saying, hey, you know, pay me a few bucks, I'll let you use my name. It would be like Royal Castle putting up a sign that said Burns Steakhouse, you know. 20 minutes past 10 at WINZ, we're going to take a little commercial break, and when we come back, we have some more great sound effects. 1023 at WINZ. Also, when I get done with the whole story about Saturday, then I've got an even better story to tell you about my apartment that I'm moving out of again. You see, you get to the point in your life where you get tired of being abused, and here in Florida, in this part of South Florida, and I really discovered it finally after all these years yesterday, you drive around looking for a place to live, and you realize it doesn't make any difference where you live. This is the only part of the country where we have all the bedroom communities, but there is nothing else. In other words, in Detroit, you've got Southfield and Royal Oak and uh, anything else. There's a city. 
whether you like it or not, whether it's good or bad, there's a city. Here, all we have are bedroom communities. There's nothing else. They're not bedroom to anything. They're just bedroom communities. I mean, you could be living in Pembroke Pines or in uh, Plantation or in Sunrise or in uh, Peoria. It doesn't make any difference. And I hope uh, my landlord, by the way, is listening this morning. Are you listening, Matthew? I hope so. Couldn't find you all weekend while we were frying our brains out. Taffy would have loved that. See, I live in an apartment. Everybody becomes a developer down here. Everybody's a developer. And they slap up a few concrete, uh, can I say erections? I can't say that. And uh, that's it. And they get away with the cheapest and the worst, a lot of these guys. And they put in an air conditioning unit that isn't big enough to handle the space. They put in a water heater, a hot water heater, that isn't big enough to handle the needs. And uh, see, I've got a trifecta where I'm living now. The plumbing doesn't work. In fact, when somebody in another part of the building, can I say this delicately, or does it have to do with excretory matters? When they flush, sometimes certain things come up in your bowl, okay? And you wonder, who did that? You know, what was that all about? Is that great? Undergarments come up. I mean, like, at various times, it's exciting. Then, of course, the water pressure, you know, you're there taking a shower. I don't know about you, but when I get up in the morning, I've got to have a good, strong shower to wake up and to inspire me to come in here. In fact, uh, probably a good, strong drink would be even better. But anyway, it's like if somebody in another part of the building, not even in the same apartment, if they turn on the water, you know, like if they're getting a glass of water, all of a sudden it's like you're dancing under the raindrops to try to stay wet. Now, those, I guess, are minor things, right? But, of course, now that it's getting hot, and it, we had about three really hot days in a row when it got over 85, my air conditioner, and it grinds. You can hear it churning. You can hear the rodents in there really running around trying to get going fast enough. It doesn't work. It's only cold at night. After it gets under 70 outside, then it gets freezing. But during the daytime, when it gets like over 80 degrees, it doesn't work. It gets maybe down to 78 inside, and that's it. And, of course, it runs all day now, which means you're paying electric to run it all day, and it's not cooling off. And there's nobody in the office. There's nobody home. There's nobody around this place. This is another uh, joke. It's just another cruel joke that they play on people. And people are moving out of this complex left and right. And this guy who rented it to me has the gall to joke to me that, well, the place I moved into was brand new. Somebody lived in there for a couple of months, but they ran out on him, he says. Oh, they ran out on him. They probably ran out screaming in the middle of the night. Probably somebody, uh, well, I don't want to get indelicate this early in the morning, but I can just imagine some of the things that probably came up in the old magic bowl. You know what I'm saying? I heard that the circus was in town up the street. Larry Kent once worked with a circus, didn't he? How'd you like to have him sitting on your throne, huh? Oh, boy. Holy Toledo. Holy moly. <laughs> I remember they used to talk to people from the country. They used to talk about the old twin holers out in the woods. Larry would need a triple-decker. Man, they just have to uh, cut a big hole in the ground for him, I guess. Anyway, we'll get into that a little bit later. Hope you're listening, Matthew. I hope you came back from your bar mitzvah, wherever it was that you were. Because in a couple of days, this kid's going to be long gone. And I want my deposit back. I want all my money back, baby. I want everything back. 
you know, you just get to the point, you get tired of being screwed over. I think that's where I finally reached, you know. And as I've told you before, I have no sales resistance. I'm a bad consumer. I, I buy something that doesn't work, I throw it out. I don't take it back. Or if I buy something at the market, it turns out to be rotten, I throw it away. I just have no consumer defense. But even the weak need like yours truly, you reach a certain point in life and you just say, I've been abused and screwed enough. Let me say it again. I've been screwed enough. I have never been to a prostitute, and I am not or have ever been a homosexual. Okay, now getting back to a Saturday. Saturday morning, really, I don't think in three and a half hours I can do justice to this. I'm serious. Saturday morning, and the amazing part of it is we had a meeting, the talk hosts. Do I dare use that term here at WYNZ? We had a meeting a couple of weeks ago after months of my suggesting it would be nice if we sat down and figured, you know, what the hell we're doing. We had a meeting, and we just talked about this thing at C.B. Smith Park on Saturday and what we were going to do there. And I said, well, we haven't done this talk mania thing for a year and a half. Why don't we get everybody to come on out? We'll uh, have a little fun. I didn't realize how little fun it was going to be, but I said, let's have a little bit of fun. Do you realize that the radio station wouldn't run one promo for this? The only promos that ran on this station about C.B. Smith Park were those Pumpernick's promos. The reason I eventually dropped it, it's not that I don't care about the hungry and the homeless. It's a very important subject to me, but uh, we got no cooperation. And then, like, three months later, after I was no longer involved, there were management people coming in and saying, hey, the sleep-out was great. I said, what are you talking about? That's Mike. i got nothing to do with that. It's kind of like you're off, just floating off in the uh, keys somewhere, you know, like with Ron Harrison. It's like you're just off uh, on a limb. And it was the same thing with this talk mania. I thought we could have a lot of fun. I thought we'd get a lot of people out to sign petitions, which we did. We got 350 signatures, which isn't sensational, but that's not bad. Although a couple of people there made a good point. A couple of the people who came out said, we're really disappointed at the turnout. I mean, after all, this is the First Amendment. This is the bicentennial year of the Constitution. So certainly people ought to really be concerned about this issue. But you got to understand, first of all, nobody even knows where C.B. Smith Park is, number one. Number two, we were in Pavilion 5, which was between here and the uh, Okefenokee Swamps. And number three, people, if they didn't live in Pembroke Pines, had to pay to get in. in spite of what this clown from Pumpernicks was telling everybody. Breakfast at Pumpernicks with Neil. Free Danish and free coffee. And I get there, and there's there's nobody there. It's like when the Godfather was in the hospital and they took all the guards away. That's how I felt. There's nobody there. I mean, there are people there, but there's nobody there from the station. There's no security there. And I park way out in the boondocks because there's no other parking. And I walked very quickly to go inside, because you've got to remember, this place is not too far from Century Village, number one. That speaks for itself. And right up the block from Colony Point. And I go inside, and here are these rather bizarre people who run this place. And I looked around, I said, hey, this is still the Royal Market Cafeteria. With a different name. I mean, it looks like Pumpernick's, like I look like Paul Newman. You know, I mean, that's how the similarity, it just says that on a name. See, that's a new thing now. We have a whole new thing. People are bringing back, like the famous. You know, we put up a sign. I'm go- And uh, Lindy's, there's another good one, right? 
I'm not going to beat around the bush anymore. I'm going to tell it like it is because I've been embarrassed by some of these people more than enough. I've been abused enough. In fact, uh, we could also do a couple of hours today. You know, you talk about trying to find an edible place. I don't mean edible in that you're going to chew on the building, although some of them you could chew on the wood. It would be better. This town is pathetic. You can't find a place to eat. I wound up eating lunch yesterday at Bennigan's on Sheridan Street. Now, the only reason I didn't go to the deli then is because, uh, you know, it was going to be packed. It was right at lunchtime, in addition to which I feel squeamish about eating at my sponsors because they make a big fuss and they won't let me pay. And as Jim Baker says, I pay for everything. And, of course, at Bennigan's, it's like uh, a step away from TGI Fridays. I mean, everything is made out of a cheese and plastic and uh, polyester. Even the plates are made out of polyester. It's incredible. Everything is prefabricated. And the potatoes taste just like the uh, linguine. It really is. It's almost impossible to find a place to eat in this town. It really is. I mean, yeah, there are some good restaurants, but first of all, most of them aren't open for lunch. And on Sunday, wouldn't you think Sunday would be a day that a lot of people would eat out, a lot of families? It is in most other towns. It's a big day. Not here. Must have a lot of mahjong tournaments on Sunday or something here. I don't know what the hell goes on on Sunday, man. It's like death. Death. So anyway, I'm inside, and this guy says, uh, well, before you go out and talk to all your people out there, and there were a considerable number of people, IHOP is packed on Sunday. Oh, you've got to be pulling my leg. IHOP is like, uh, that's a step below desperate. That's how bad IHOP is. All of them. IHOP is one of those chains that years ago, it's like the New England Oyster House, years ago used to be really pretty good. And after X number of years goes by, I don't know what it is that happens, but all of a sudden they get new management or new something, and man, I'm going to tell you, it's just unbelievably bad. Horrendous. And all of these people are milling around outside, and this one old guy is screaming and yelling and... You know, and uh, this madness. Another guy inside says to me, well, before you go out there and talk to your people, I'd like to have you say hello to the people who paid to eat breakfast this morning. In other words, the people who were inside, and they were pretty well packed, eating breakfast. And I said to him, I said, those people don't know who I am. They didn't come here to see me. Oh, no, you're wrong, you're wrong. So now he grabs me by the arm, and he takes me into the other room, which is like two feet away. You know, I mean, it's like, uh, it's like eating in a shoebox, this little tiny place. And here are all these people eating, and they're not even looking up. They don't know me from Moishi Pupik, okay? And I'm standing there like some kind of a moron. Now he says, okay, well, let's go outside and, you know, say hello to all your people. And there were a lot of nice people out there, although most of them were very old. What do you expect at Pumpernick's? Is that a place where you're going to find a lot of teenagers? Not too likely. I mean, the youngest teenager was 97 out there, but there were a lot of nice people, and here was this one guy, screaming and yelling and carrying on, and I'm not exaggerating, he never stopped for a minute, and the irony of it is he had his free Danish in one hand. How do you like that? He took one of the free Danish, okay, that they were giving from my audience, and he was doing disgusting things with it to top it all off. And I'm thinking, geez, i got to get the hell out of there. Now this uh, people are all milling around, and now they got to bring out the chef. Here's my chef who used to work at Wolfie's on 21st, 
and the guy comes out, and he's got the blood stains on his apron and blood stains on his forehead, and here's another guy that comes out. Hey, this is Raphael from the kitchen. We just found him in a boat somewhere, you know, and he comes out. Great. Okay. And now this one guy is screaming and whirling in circles, and his head is spinning around like Linda Blair and The Exorcist. I mean, it's not, okay, get me the hell out of here, will you please? So now they're all escorting me to my car. And at that point, I began to get the feeling that something was not kosher in Denmark. You know what I'm saying? And we get out to my car, and I said, hey, wait a minute, what's that flat tire there? And now I look at the back one on the left side. Now we got two flat tires, and of course... We go around to the other side, and here are the other two, all for a perfect match. I mean, I want to give credit to this miserable old fart who did this. He did it very evenly. He was an equal opportunity deflator. And here my car is sitting there, and it's just like, you know, sunk to the ground, and the tires are flat as a pancake. And the manager of this alleged pumpernicks is saying, Oh, oh, this is terrible. We feel so bad, and everybody is quetching and quitching and... Okay, don't worry about a thing. I'll ride you over to the park. We'll get you there. We'll take care of this by the time you come back. Whatever you want. We'll bring the car back to you. We'll take care. It's always pop, 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 beep, beep, beep. Great. He drives me over to the park. And at this point, I'm ready to blow my brains out. I mean, you know, is this a good way to start a Saturday morning? This is a great way to start the day. I tell you what, let's do another break because there's just too much to the story. When we come back, I'll pick it up at the park where uh, the engineers are standing there uh, looking off into space, wondering what the hell, how we got sucked into this, and where some of our programming people are standing there with their finger up their nose. I'll pick it up right at that point when we come back. I have never been to a prostitute, and I am not or have ever been a homosexual. It's 1041 at WINZ. By the way, you know why Jerry Falwell always has that silly grin on his face? We just found that out this morning from Reverend Ankerberg. Uh, Jerry has a dildo in the shape of a cross on his body that he wears at all times. I'm not at liberty to tell you where. Okay, now getting back to uh, Saturday morning. Okay, I think we had just arrived at the park, if I'm not mistaken. My tires were flat. This uh, clown from Pumpernick's just uh, brings me to the pavilion. And I get out of the car, and I'm just terminally depressed. And I'm not in any mood to hear any crap from anybody at this point. I just want to go home, to be honest with you. And all of a sudden, this old guy comes up. You know, one of these that tears you by the arm, you know, that keeps grabbing you. I don't want to be grabbed by old guys, okay? I mean, if I want you to grab me, I'll let you know. I'll give you a little wink or something like Michelle, but not some old fart who smells bad and got bad breath, okay? And this guy's grabbing me, and now he's telling me about Duff's. He's telling me some cockamamie story about Duff's and about their opening up a new Morrison's and uh, Aunt Sadie's cafeteria, and I can't get away from this guy, and I'm ready to belt him in the mouth at this point, okay? So finally, all the rest of my uh, cohorts are getting, uh, you know, they're arriving, getting ready to join me in four hours of humiliation, degradation, and embarrassment. And we start to sit down. It's 10 o'clock. And I said, okay, uh, where's the sodas? Because I'm one of those people who I can't go on the air unless I've got something. Even when they do a debate, you notice all these, even these pseudo-intellectuals sit there and they've got a big pitcher of ice water and they have their own individual glass of water and the whole business. Uh... It's just common sense that when somebody's going to talk for a prolonged period of time, they got to have something to wet their whistle, so to speak. What soda? What? You know, I mean, this thing was planned out so well as to be just mind-boggling, okay? So now I'm digging in my pocket, feeling the change, and I have to come up with about $3 in change to send somebody over to the soda machine to get a half a dozen sodas for those of us on the air. 
At that point, I look around. Keep in mind, I've just had four tires flattened. I've also had this encounter with this screaming maniac who made Linda Blair look like, uh, look like a, uh, a good sister. And this guy is running around like a lunatic in front of Pumpernick's, and I've got this all fresh in my mind. And I said, okay, where's the security? There isn't any security. See, because security costs money. And one thing about our sales manager here and uh, the whole, you know, brilliant staff that we've got of, uh, what shall we call them? Well, I can't use that word on the air. All of our administrative types, all of our executives and bureaucrats here, they, don't, they want to get away as cheaply as possible. In other words, let's go out, make the big hit, grab the money, and run. That's the bottom line. And uh, it costs money to do that. So we don't care the fact that we've got the whole staff practically sitting there in one place like a target, Okay which is something else to think about, because here are these hundreds of people milling around. This is the same sales manager, by the way, after we did the remote at the, the Diplomat Mall in Hallandale, after we received $50 million worth of free publicity for this radio station about the, uh, the early bird dinners in Hallandale and the whole business, who comes in here with a straight face and says to me, Well, Neil, we'd like to, uh, this got to be a lot of fun. We're going to take you out to Century Village and let them, uh, let's raise some money for Radio Aid. And we'll let them uh, bob uh, your, you for apples. We'll let do a dunking contest with you and let them uh, throw apples at you. <laughs> I mean, this man needs to be put into a straitjacket and locked away somewhere, right? I mean, I've got a much better idea. Why don't we just get the sales manager to go out in front of this building? We'll go up 47th Avenue, and we'll put me on one of those big wheels, like the Wheel of Fortune, you know, but like one of those big circular wheels. You've seen that with Sherlock Holmes. They used to do that to him all the time. And they'll just put me on the wheel, and we'll charge you a buck a shot, you know, until somebody finally, uh, some good shot comes along and uh, hits the mark. Now, speaking of hitting the mark, there's the guy we ought to put on the spinning wheel, right, Mark? You said it. Put him on there. In fact, we're going to do two of them. We're going to have Mark Kuhn on the first wheel and Chris Beck on the second wheel. We'll do a Quinella. We're going to take them right on Palm Avenue. And anybody out there wants a little target practice, come on by, folks. We're doing it right at high noon. We'll show those bureaucrats a thing or two, right? No, they don't go out there and put their ass on the line. They sit in there, their little bureaucratic meetings, and they, uh, you know, well, see, uh, we didn't dot this I, and we didn't dot this T. You know, I mean, let's get serious. Put their ass out there on the line once. Then what really uh, was bad on Saturday, after all of this, then the show started. That was really, that was the worst. Well, see, the worst came after 2 o'clock. Most people don't even know about that part, which I'll get to when I'm good and ready. You know what I'm saying? Then the show started. Four hours of that. 50,000 watts for four hours. Can you believe that? Those people over in Naples must have wondered if uh, Russia was invading. Did I light up all the lights? Good. Let's light up all the lights in the control room today, huh? Lights that have been sitting there stagnating for years. All of a sudden, we'll, we'll bring them to life today. Like we're in an amusement park, like we're in some kind of a carnival, and I'm trying to see how many of those lights I can light up. Do we get points for that? Do we add to the uh, ratings when they come out? Spread them around to some of the other day parts. From what I hear, they might need it. Spread them around to Fowler. He might need to borrow a couple, too. Unbelievable. So now we go on the air, and I guess there's not much I can say about that, because nobody had anything to say, and I couldn't hear anybody. Couldn't hear anybody, and then they kept saying, well, here, use the headset. And I put the headset on, and then it got real embarrassing, because then I could hear it. And I didn't want to hear it. I mean, you know, when you put the headset on and you hear, you know, you hear that, you want to take it off immediately. And I did. I said, hey, listen, I'd much rather sit here and just mumble 
And so all I did was I just signed those pictures for about two hours. That killed a lot of time. Here you go. Here, get out of my way. And I kept listening, and nobody was saying anything. And Ernie was running around doing his Phil Donahue imitation. It was incredible. Until a pastrami and corned beef arrived, then all of a sudden he pulled out his mezuzah and was blessing it, and just, uh, I have never seen anybody pack it away like that man. No wonder he's so Jewish. I mean, when you eat that much pastrami, it's got to make every part of your innards blessed. When they open up Ernie to do an operation, they're going to find stamped inside his liver a little circle U on all of his organs. I'm telling you. Even on that organ. His wife told us the other day that it was like a little circle U. I think she wasn't describing the uh, emblem. She was describing the size. And, of course, Kathy West, I mean, i got news for you, honey. Uh, maybe you never stole a freight train, but boy, oh, boy. She was... The one guy said it best. He said she was a moron. You know, I mean, uh, he said it the best. The one guy in the crowd. He was uh, he was right on target. I mean, Kathy is just hopeless. Oh, what's all this money for? What are we... Oh, I'm worried about this. So what is this? Like I'm going to take the money and steal it, right? Like I went and bought my tires with the money. Like I'm going to put 28 years in the business down the toilet on, uh, you know, 300 and some odd dollars. And by the way, we appreciate all the people who were so generous. And even the ones who were cheap, you know, anything at this point would help. Did you get permission to play those tapes? Oh, I mean, you know, here is a woman, trust me when I tell you this, who needs to have something in her mouth all the time just to keep her from speaking. And I really mean that. And whatever it is you want to put in her, in her mouth, you've got my permission, because i got news for you. Boy, the minute she opens it, it just uh, regurgitates. God, is she incredible, huh? And there was Taffy. Oh, I believe in capital punishment. I believe, you know, as if anybody doesn't know already. You know what I'm saying? And she just kept saying it over and over again. And we're just trashing her all over the place. And she's just sitting there repeating the same thing about Ted Bundy. And she wants to pull the switch. Oh, God. Mariuto left early. Did you notice that? He just disappeared. He, uh, I don't, you know, he just took off. I don't know what his story was. The bottom line, it was an embarrassing four hours. Embarrassing. This radio station owes an apology to the entire community for the abomination that broadcast on 940 on Saturday, the Ernie Sochin Show. We also apologize for the park, but that's another story. Did Ernie plug our campaign at all on Saturday? No? See, he's got his own agenda. If we had called it so far so Jewish, then it would have been okay. Then he would have pushed it for five hours. But he evidently has his own agenda. Okay, now the best part of the whole day comes after the show is over. Okay? So let's do our last break. And now back to Neil Rogers on 94 News Wins. If you'd like to call Neil, dial 764-0707 in Broward or 624-0191 in Dade. And now, here again is Neil Rogers. Well, as Gabriel Heater once said, there's good news tonight. Well, it would have taken something miraculous to get me out of that blue funk from the weekend between the uh, situation at Pumpernick's and the flat tires and the debacle at C.B. Smith Park and then my apartment turning into a nightmare in the last uh, four or five days. But other than that, the Arbitron ratings from the winter book are right in my hand. Boy, look at that. And look at that one. I think that's what I'm just going to do. I'll do a little tease for about 20 minutes. Well, I guess I have to thank the audience again. I should thank the audience again because, boy, I don't know how we do it. I don't know how we do it. It's a phantom by word of mouth. But this show 
has so far demolished the competition. We have a seven share in midday. A seven. That would be like having a 14 share at night. Our competition put together has a 4-8. Put together. WIOD in midday has a 2.4. WNWS in midday has a 2.4 share of the audience. In other words, we have on this show about three times as many people listening as either of those stations do at any given time. Let's just make some more guttural sounds for a little while, huh? Let's have a little celebration. It's like a Saturday in the Park by Chicago. Have we got that? No. Even on the FM, they don't have that. See, uh, well, no, wait a minute. Didn't Terry Kath blow his brains out a few years ago from Chicago? See, they play all the dead artists on the FM. I told them that this morning. They play a lot of Jim Morrison, a lot of uh, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix. And that's because they have the new brain-dead format on Zeta. And I told them they're on the right track now. They finally are getting with it. How come I can't find them on the sheet? <laughs> no, 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 come on. They must have uh, gone up, gone down. Come on. Well, anyway, the ratings are in. I don't want to belabor that point, but as soon as I can get a copy that I can read, I will pass it along to you and let you know what's going on in the market because uh, Tom Jick is going to be here, as a matter of fact, on Thursday, is it? Yeah, Thursday, the whole show from 10 to 2 on the 30th of April, and that's always a real barn burner. won't be great because we'll have the whole book by then, and we can sit here and celebrate and be self-indulgent. And uh, what does that tell you, Sonny Rosenberg? wonder what Lee Fowler did. Of course, we don't have the hour-by-hour -hour breakdown. We only have the day parts. But I sure would love to see what uh, Lee Fowler does from 1 to 3. He probably brings Rantel down about a point and a half, I would think. Well, let's see. WIOD has a 3.1. WNWS has a 3.5. And WINZ, we have a 5 share. So on behalf of our brain-dead management, I want to thank everybody out there because uh, we really knocked them dead in this book. Now, what is the sales department going to be saying about this? Oh, it's a fluke. It's another one of those flukes. Nobody will believe it. Now, forget it. I guess we're out in bad shape now for another three months. Isn't that what they said last summer when we had a 5-1? The fluke was in the fall, right? Not really, but it sounds good. Uh, that was the fluke. I mean, we're just killing them. And after hearing Saturday's performance, it's got to be uh, mind-boggling, isn't it? I mean, the fact that so many people are tuning in WINZ. I mean, just wait till we get some good people on the air, man. Then we're really going to knock uh, ass in this town. You know what I'm saying? Especially here in midday. Wait till we get somebody good in on this show. Like Jack McDermott. Hello, friends. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, now let's get to Bill Cosford's column. I, I would read you a lot more from the ratings, but Mark Hewn made me copies here that nobody can read. He gave me these two real light copies. If you want to know about WMBM, they had a .7. But Lee Fowler gets saved again. Can you believe that? Life had a 9. Doesn't that tell you a lot about this market? Life had a 9. Can't believe that. How could we have had a 7 in midday and still not been number one. Did life beat us in midday? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. You know what they had in midday? They had an 11.6 share in midday. You know what that means? It means that all the old farts 
have turned on a lifeless in midday. See, we wanted to get rid of those people anyway. I mean, nobody should advertise on that station because all they do is play elevator music in the background. Nobody pays any attention to it. If you waste a dime with advertising on WLYF, you might as well be burning it because nobody listens. In fact, really, there ought to be a law against that whole thing because they get credit for people who are in dentist's offices and doctor's offices, secretaries, and, you know, they get a diary and they put it down that they're listening to it. All that really means is that it's on in the background. They're not paying any attention. If I got an ear on life right now and I started ranting and raving, if I did the whole same first hour that I did on this show, nobody would know the difference. Of course, there would have to probably be a little bit, you know, something in the background. I'm serious. If I did all the ranting and raving in the first hour, as long as we had that in the background, nobody would know the difference. But just imagine if we can do a seven the show that we've been doing, if we would put this in the background, let's see, what's 11, 6, and 7? That's 18. We could put them together. Let's take over the FM. What we'll do is we'll do life out of one channel and my show out of the other channel. This maniac is out there running around in the parking lot screaming and yelling. Can you just hear that? Now that would be a format, huh? That would be a killer, killer format. Get, get rid of them, will you please, with the violins? Okay, I want to get to Bill Cosford's column if I can. I'm sorry that we're taking up so much time, but, of course, otherwise you'd be listening to the boring callers. Hello, Neil. Congratulations. You're the best. Stuff it, lady. That's all I can tell you. You know, I mean, uh, it's real nice, all the compliments, but nobody wants to hear that crap, okay? They want to hear somebody say something. And Bill Cosford, I said before the news break that he's grown a couple of inches in all of our eyes, and from what we hear, and, of course, Bill is kind of a short, what is he, about 5'7"? Five three, kind of a short guy to begin with, and from what we understand, from those who know him the best, he could afford another couple of inches can't hurt. It would be a delicate way of saying it. And the headline in his column in yesterday's Herald, Brain Police Zero In on Radio. Quote, warning, this column contains words, phrases, and perhaps a concept or two that may be offensive to some. You know who you are. Stop here. Let us briefly consider Howard Stern. Howard Stern is a New York area radio personality with a foul mouth and a huge audience. The two are not unrelated. If you haven't heard Howard, you cannot fully appreciate the nature of his appeal, though you can approximate it. Think of Archie Bunker, only a bit more scandalous and a hell of a lot smarter. Howard Stern is at the very epicenter of the decision by the FCC to warn radio stations that certain things... Words, innuendo, the radio equivalent of a leer, will no longer be tolerated. Stern's show on morning drive time on an FM station that serves greater New York has apparently drawn no complaints there, but the show's simulcast into more tender Philadelphia inspired 69 letters to complain to the FCC. What does Howard Stern do? He tries as hard as he can to offend people. In the process, since taking offense implicitly suggests a certain vulnerability, he makes a great many other people laugh. A typical Stern routine is lesbian dial-a-date. Another is loving appraisal of his on-the-air sidekick's breasts. A third is the use of preteen euphemisms for body parts. Clearly, Stern's show is a send-up. The comedy is directly from the schoolyard, even to its delivery, which, which, when Stern is on, is a whiny, snickering voice that reminds you of the days in your life when saying caca and boobs was a no-no. 
I think Stern is hilarious. There's no accounting for taste. In any case, we can blame this latest attempt by our own government to determine what will be allowed, we will be allowed to see or hear or read directly on Stern. He has annoyed people. It's possible that the 69 annoyees were merely friends and family of Stern's rivals in the Philadelphia broadcasting market. But in any case, the FCC has put him and everybody else who is tempted to broadcast naughty on notice. They are listening. Locally, Stern has at least one ardent fan, Neil Rogers. Not coincidentally, the most popular English-language AM radio personality in South Florida has heard tapes of Stern and has been inspired to spice up his own act. Neil now says douchebag more than he used to and old fart. Like Stern, Rogers has reacted to the FCC action by counterattack. He has volunteers from his audience stuffing envelopes with petitions and hopes to engage broadcasters across the country in a protest. Unlike Stern, Rogers' prime intent is not to offend. It still doesn't do to cross him or even to bore him lest he grows a testy. But Rogers is a talk show host rather than a shtick man. He is also a prominent liberal voice here. Rogers and Stern do share one other experience, however, and that is that some of the people who do not like them are not content to refrain from listening but insist that they be taken off the air. It is this small minority for which the FCC has taken up arms. As has become customary, this latest free speech attack comes with Save the Children justification as well as the community standards dodge. We must protect children from radio, says the commission, because radio is pervasive. Well, yes, assuming the kids have one and are listening to it. Interestingly, Rogers and Stern are on the air during school hours when the five and overs presumably are in class, not huddled around the boom box. As for the under five, show me a four-year-old who skips Sesame Street for morning drive, and I'll show you a kid with bigger problems than Nasty Neal. And community standards, the ratings speak eloquently for those where Stern and Rogers are heard, they are tremendously popular. The issue, of course, is not kids or community standards at all, it's adults. Even if it were plausible that the likes of Rogers and Stern could pollute our listening youth, it would be then incumbent on parents to restrict the listening, not on government, to limit adult listening to the norms of pre-kindergarten. The issue is that some adults continue to want to make other adults conform to a narrow idea of what is good for them. Few would deny that Howard Stern pushes the limits or that Neil Rogers can be insulting, can rile people. Few would deny that either is capable of flirting with the bounds of good taste if not trampling them outright. So what? Isn't that allowed? After all, the FCC has said time and again that it is not concerned with content. After all, it has said time and again under the Reagan administration that it wants to deregulate broadcasting to remove it as much as possible from government control. After all, it is indifferent to the advertiser assault on children during their prime weekend TV viewing hours and says nothing about the waves of debauchery that buoy the daytime soaps during the week. It cannot be a matter merely of good taste, can it? It can indeed. In a Herald editorial supporting the FCC decision and in one of the saddest sentences I have ever read in this newspaper, the game is given away. Quote, perhaps the decision will help define the bounds of good taste. End of quote. And there we are. Good taste is defined by the federal government, the same government that can't even run a simple Central American gun-running scam without screwing it up. They are the ones who will tell us what's in good taste, and we don't have to do a thing. We need a ream or two of petitions, Neil, and hurry. End of article by Bill Cosford in yesterday's Miami Herald. And I told uh, Lori Sheffield today, my producer, I said, let's send out a bunch more of the petitions to Bill over at the Herald, and uh, knowing how gutsy he is, he'll probably circulate them over in the building there at One Herald Plaza. 
They've got hundreds of people. They've even got more people to work there than we do here, which is almost impossible. Even Sony doesn't have as many Japanese running around as we have working in this building. I don't mean Japanese. I mean employees. Boy, Taffy, get really upset. But uh, I thank Bill Cosford for the kind words, and he really hits it right on the head. And how about that line, that one line in one of the saddest sentences I have ever read in this newspaper? Does that really describe that pathetic, gutless Herald editorial? In essence, what the Herald is saying, hey, yeah, go ahead. You can restrict what broadcasters can say, and you can de determine guidelines for them, but don't ever try it with us. Because we've already been into the court with Pat Tornillo, and we'll, already, we'll go into court over and over again with anybody else who tries to take away our right to do whatever the hell we want. But go ahead and regulate everybody else, because that's good for us. It's good for business. Okay, boy, I've been rambling on here like a lunatic. 21 past 11, we haven't even taken a call yet, should we? No? Well, let's give the numbers out anyway. In Dade County, 624-0191, 624-0191, in Broward, 764-0707. It's 1121 at WINZ here on a Monday morning. We'll come back right after this. 24 after 11 in WINZ. We have a couple of lines still open in Broward. All the Dade lines lit up immediately this morning. Is that incredible? We're on that pendulum again. We're like uh, seesawing back and forth. We got a lot of good hate from Broward this morning, but uh, we still have two open lines here: seven six four zero seven zero seven in Broward. Boy, that's incredible. Although the first call is from Pembroke Pines. Hello. Good morning. Yes. Yeah, I was at that mess Saturday morning at Pompanex. Well, I apologize, sir. Yeah, especially for that idiot uh, in the street. But it's not worth even to talk about him. Uh, it, it's just one funny thing that happened. I also came to the park later on. Of course, I didn't pay. But uh, after everything was over at 2 o'clock when everyone left, yeah. I had stood around. I was talking to some other people. And uh, I saw the barricades were, like, thrown aside. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a group of people scavenging the wilted lettuce, all the old food that was left over. Yeah. Well, they don't know, but we poisoned all of that before we left. We sprayed it with Paraquat. I mean, they were taking, like, the radio copy, the papers that were on the floor. Yeah. I mean, they, like... Animals. Animals. Threw everything there. Yep. Really incredible. But we enjoyed your show, and uh, just my wife and I are very concerned, and uh, the station should be very concerned that, you know, your, your uh, health and well-being going out into the public... Yeah, well, they're very concerned about me now because the rating, the book just came out, and now all of a sudden they're all... Uh patting me on the back and running in here and peeing all over my shoes. I just had to change my shoes during the commercial break, so uh, they'll be real nice to me now until the next book. Yeah, and after seeing uh, uh, Kathy West, I think you're too easy on her. Yeah, I'm going to start. Uh, no more no more Saturday shtick with her, I'll tell you that. You've heard the last of that, sir. Thanks. Okay. Up the good work. Thank you. Okay, we have an open line in Dade now. Two of them, as a matter of fact. Somebody just passed out when they heard about the seven share. Who was Al on the line? Or was that Al's mother? 624-0191 is our number in Dade County, if we have anybody alive and breathing. I mean, how the hell could we not be, uh, you know, setting them on fire this morning? Even just the guttural sounds we made were more exciting than Sandy's guest. 624-0191, let's go to Miami. Hello. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Okay. Neil, I've been a listener to talk radio for quite a long time. This is the first time I've called. I would say that the state of talk radio here in this city is quite lacking. I know that you have some differences with other talk hosts at other stations, but I'll tell you, to summarize it briefly, I believe that you were quality. 
I believe that Steve is interesting and that Al is interesting. But beyond that, you could take the rest and flush them down the toilet, and it would make no matter. The rest are mediocre at best. They just don't seem to have the sharpness um, or the wit to keep the format interesting no matter what they're discussing. Well, first of all, the idea that anybody who's breathing is a radio talk show host is an insult to the business and to the audience. And unfortunately, there are people in this market in a position to hire folks who have slapped the audience in the face by taking people off the street or taking people out of positions in which they were totally unqualified to become talk show hosts and say, poof, you're a talk host. And I got news for you, and I don't have to tell you, it doesn't work. Well, I would you can't make gold out of chopped liver. <laughs> I'll agree with you there. Let me ask you one question about, you know, when you take a shot, let's say, at somebody at your own station. How do you get along with them off the air? Let's say you see them in the hallway or... No, I can, you've got to understand this. As the Godfather said, you know, you can't take it personally. It's business. And uh, I like all of the people here. Well, most of the people in the building. Uh, all of the people on the air I get along with well, and we all, uh, you know, speak. We don't sleep together or anything, but we're all friendly, and we all, I think, like each other. But in terms of what some of them do on the air or in terms of some of their subject matter, what I say on the air is what I really believe. And do they, how do they react to you when you see them off the air? There's no problem, there's no hurt feelings, let's say with Kathy, for instance, what you said today. Would she, uh, you know? Well, I have no idea, but I mean, what she did to me on Saturday, I wouldn't do to anybody. I mean, even somebody on another station. I mean, we just, here we're involved. You've got to know where to draw the line. When you're doing something that's humorous, that's great. But when you're doing something you believe in, and you're trying to really rally people around it, and she sits there saying, hey, where's all that money going? I want to know, why do we need money for this? You know, And she was serious. She wasn't joking. She was serious. I mean, that was about as funny as cancer. Well, I'll tell you, the program uh, that you're referring to, I listened to, oh. and I was very disappointed. Oh. When Normally, at least when you have a group, let's say, in a studio, you don't have as many outside distractions. But I'll tell you something. When they were taking questions from the audience, half the time you couldn't even hear what the questions were. Yeah. And it seemed like there was no theme running from one segment to another. It yeah. just was like odds and ends coming well, in. Well, everybody had locked you on. Nobody wanted to say anything Saturday, and I just I felt like I was just drowning, like I wanted somebody to throw me a life preserver, and I just couldn't believe what was going on. But I think it may have served one useful purpose, because the powers that be around here have learned from that debacle that we will never again do one of those so-called remotes. All of the uh, shows are going to be from the studio. They spend a lot of money to build beautiful studios here, and the acoustics are great, and everything works, and uh, at least most of the time. And uh, that's that's where we need to be. And, uh, you know, the, what's important is how many people are listening, not to have a couple of hundred people running around making noise uh, waiting for us to throw food at them, you know. And, but, again, most of the people who were there were real nice on Saturday, but it just doesn't sound good. Right. And my final comment, I'm a law student, and until I uh, entered law school, you hear talk of the Constitution, you hear talk of rights, but you really don't see or realize the importance of those rights a lot of times until you see how the case law has developed when the government has tried to take away those rights from you. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I have come to appreciate the fact that although defendants, let's say, may be protected by um, search and seizure laws, those are designed to protect you and me, not the defendant. Um, and I think that for I think the people or the citizens in this country should take a course to teach them about the value of free speech, how important it is to for you to be able to give that speech when people disagree with you. Yeah. When it's important, it doesn't matter when everyone's 
in agreement or every everyone well, laps up what you're saying. There are a lot of people missing the whole point on this latest thing with the FCC. They think it all has to do with Howard Stern and so-called shock jocks, and doesn't have anything to do with that. It has to do with whether the commission or any branch of the government can censor and keep limiting our right to free expression. It's got nothing to do with shock jocks. Well, no one should be surprised that voted for Reagan because it was clear from the outset that his intention was to, quote, let's say, cleanse the country. From Edwin Meese, uh, an attorney general, to say that the United States Supreme Court decisions do not carry any precedent or authority, um, to his release on pornography, to the prayer in public school issue, to the stance against abortion, every one of these are infringing on a personal right of the public. And those who voted for him should not now complain when they see those rights disappearing one Well, that's true, but the rest of us don't want to lose them either. That's a problem. Exactly. I think that uh, we need to send a clear message to Washington. Okay. The election rolls around. Thanks for calling. It's 1132 at WINZ. We have an open line in Dade, 624-0191, and we have a real fan on line four in Miami. Hello. Hello. Rogers. Yes. You are the most miserable outrageous queer that is working for a cruel outfit, the, the, the W-I-N-G. The Miami Herald. Miami Herald. Right. All no good crooks. And I could prove it by giving me a chance to talk to the world. We'll have riots as long as we have guys like Rubin, Ellis Rubin, guys like different crooks that's in the commission, both in the Miami News, the Miami Herald, the, all a bunch of crooks. I have proved that before, and I'll prove it again when I get over W-I-N-G. You take anybody that trusts W-I-N-G is crooked. And anybody that paid gets paid from them is crooked. And anybody that gets paid from the Herald is crooked. From the news is crooked. Is that it, sir? Oh, hear what I... Oh. Okay. Fires all over the world. Well, get it all out of your system, sir. Come on, put the tube in a little further. Come on. You didn't answer that. What? That. Speak up, sir. Speak up. And I'm telling you, WINT is crooked. I'm a radio with me. Harold is crooked. It looks like we'll get payoff. It was fascination. That's got to pay off. Where do we come? What are we doing now? The public hears me say what I'm saying to you. That's clear. I have never been to a prostitute, and I am not or have ever been a homosexual. Just a brief romance. Speak up, sir. I can't hear a damn thing you're saying. I can't hear a damn thing. I said that you are an overrated queer, and you're working for a crooked outfit like W I N G. And you can't trust them. The Miami Herald or the News. Someday we hope to quietly tell our story. The story of two sinners.
Saved by Grace. When you alone with the moon. Go ahead, sir. You're on a roll. Come on. This is America. Did he hang up? He hung up. Can you believe that? He ran out of material. Okay, well, you certainly can't accuse me of not letting him have his say, man. I'll tell you, you got it all out of his system, and it's all over the transmitter now. What a mess. 11.35 at WINZ, one of our fans out there. Uh, we'd like to get his address. We've got a guy who'd like to take care of your uh, tires for you this afternoon. 624-0191 is our number in Dave. We're going to come back and have a little lunch from Pumpernick's right after this. Don't... I want to congratulate uh, Jack McDermott and the people over at WKAT for their one share at night. <laughs> they rank 27th in the market. 27th out of 30. Pretty good, huh? Pretty good, Jack. Okay, 21 before noon at WINZ. Let's go to Hollywood. Hello. Yes. Hi, this is I'm Kevin from Hollywood, and uh, I just want to talk about the restaurants. I think it's we ought to have a little more about the people in the restaurants who have bad experience at them to let people know where, where good restaurants are to go to, where you're not going to get ripped off. And... Yeah, you know, we do these shows every once in a while. We did one a few weeks ago, and we asked people where the really good restaurants are. But I'm going to tell you something. It's uh, it's like looking for a needle in a haystack in this town. There is more garbage per square inch in term what's called food in this town than you're going to find anywhere. I know. I took my wife out to one the uh, Friday night, and while we were sitting eating, the mouth comes up from the chair. So it's walking on the back of her stool where we were sitting. But that was it. She just left the place, and I didn't even bother paying the guy for the food. And uh, I just told him, I said, you got to check this place. you got mice running around in here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, I know. There's nothing we can do to get rid of them, though. And you know something? Even the mice won't eat the food there. Yeah, probably not. So. True. We never, we went up, we had a, bad, a couple of bad experiences at restaurants, but I'm not, uh, it's hard to find one good enough to go to. I mean, I, if they had more people around who have been to restaurants, let people know where the food's good and where the service is good, or you get some place where the guy doesn't let you wash his hands. Yeah, this month at least. It's, uh, it's hard to find places so we don't even bother eating out anymore. Here's so much about what they do to the food in the back. And, yeah. Well, listen, maybe we'll find one or two today, okay? All right, if you do, let me know over the air. Okay, thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Good luck. Okay, we have an open line. And, yeah, there are a lot of Mickey Mouse restaurants all over this town. I mean it, man. You say, uh, okay, let's go out and find someplace. And you think, uh, unless you're living way out in the boondock somewhere, it shouldn't be that hard. And you drive around and around and around. And you see these same prefabricated and all the fast food, junk food places. And, uh, boy, it's impossible. And another thing I'm getting real sick of is, unless you're in the mood for Italian or Chinese, is there any place else to go? I mean, I love Italian food and I love Chinese food, but you can't eat it every day. We've got seven million Chinese Yes. I am calling you from a payphone. I'm uh, catching a noon flight to L.A. I just want to check in and find out what your ratings were before I left for the week. You mean you didn't hear it? No, I'm at the airport here. Oh. Well, it was a nice, even figure, a seven. Okay, how is that compared to uh, your other morning competition? Well, let's see. Uh, WNWS and Rantel had a 2.4, and WIOD and Sandy Payton had a 2.4. So it was like... Uh, That's tragic. Like triple either one of them. Congratulations. Thank you. Also, one thing, I was over at C.B. Smith Park Saturday. Really? I uh, had a very good time. Well, I'm glad somebody did. I uh, 
was very surprised to see what some of the hosts actually look like. I know. Uh, That's why we're not going out anymore. Taffy was much better than I expected. Taffy? Yeah, Taffy's a nice-looking woman. Kathy was a lot worse than I expected. Yeah, well, Kathy keep uh, Ka- I, well. I don't. I just uh, got them both confused now. Kathy West. She's in, insisting on doing this Tiny Tim routine, you know. Yeah. And she's got that frizzly hair and that big hook nose. You know, she can't help herself. And uh, Ernie was a little older than I expected. Yeah, too. Ernie is real old. Believe me, he t- he claims to be fifty-one on the air, but I think put another few years on it, like ten or fifteen, you're closer to the truth. I know. I noticed he kept bumping his walker into the microphone. Yeah. In fact, Ernie was talking about the Boer War. All the Jewish veterans from the Boer War the other day. <laughs> when are you going to be doing another live broadcast? Never. Never again. You Never again. Is that bad? Oh, the worst. The worst. Oh, by the way, how much money did you end up picking up for uh, so far that afternoon? Between three and four hundred, it was great. Well, and you count maybe at two hundred people there. That's not too bad. No, we had more than that because we got three hundred and fifty signatures on the petitions. Oh, that's good then. But you know, really, when you stop and think of it, if it would have been in a different kind of a place where people didn't have to pay to get in and where they knew how to find it, we could have had five thousand people on Saturday. I was really surprised. I expected to see much more of a crowd. Yeah. Well, we don't like to promote things. We like to keep them real quiet, you know. But it was fun, and I did have a good time for Pine's birthday. Great. And congratulations on your ratings. Thanks a lot. Have a safe trip. Will you coming back? I'll be back in a week. Okay. Well, let us know what's going on out there. Okay. Take care of yourself. Good day. Okay, 17 before noon at WINZ. We have an open line in Dade, 624-0191. Now that the book is out, I'm going to start talking like Brian Gumble. You know, I mean, why should I go through the effort of moving my lips, you know, when you're real smug and complacent, you know, just sitting kind of mumble. You notice he never moves his lips, man. He is the laziest, the most, talk about laid back. You know, usually in the morning, you don't want somebody screaming at you early in the morning, but you'd like somebody who's a little bit lively, not too much, but a little bit lively to keep you awake. And Brian is like uh, station break today on NBC. You know, he just he just doesn't move. And I guess everything in life evens out, because used to be when he worked for NBC Sports and he used to do the pregame show on the baseball games, he was always out in a crowd like, or down on the field when a crowd was making a lot of noise. Like Mike Adamley, who used to play for the Bears, same kind of thing, a screamer, a real screamer. Well, we're down here on the field, Joe! You know, that kind of thing, always screaming. And I think uh, Bryant just kind of left his voice at Yankee Stadium. And now he just sits there and he mumbles and he barely moves his lips. Uh, He's great. Miami, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Hi. Hi. Listen, I I heard you on the uh, Zeta this morning. Really? You were the one listening, huh? Uh, Well, the the thing is, is that I listen to you on occasion. Uh, I've called you a couple of times. My mother got me uh, starting to listen to you. But anyway, the only thing about this morning is I resented once you started your show that you had made mention that you were on the air at the FM and you said that, uh, but their listeners don't care because they're all on drugs anyway. I resent that because I do listen to Zeta. However, I want to know why did... Well, let's just say most of their audience. Okay, that's better. Why would you let the station subject you to what happened at Pumpernix and what happened at C.B. Smith Park? Well, wait a minute. Do you think that I knew ahead of time that I was going to be, like, um, out on a limb? Do you think that I expected that? I mean, when we went to the Diplomat Mall in Hallandale... We had a whole bunch of police, and we had some off-duty police, and they hired some security, and they were prepared for some unruly people to show up, and it was handled pretty well. Oh, 
I see. And I assume that it would be the same the other day because if there's too stupid to understand that there, you know, there are a few people out there who aren't too fond of me, and I'm sure there are also some people out there who don't like Spindel or Sochin or Taffy or Kathy or somebody. You know, everybody's got a few nuts out there who would like to take a shot at them, and I would have, I would assume that we were going to have some security. Well, how did the thing with uh, with uh, Pumpernickx come about anyway? I mean, how did you happen to be there? Did that, the station set that up also? Yeah, the, our sales department set that up. Oh, I see. And I have no idea what the purpose of that whole thing was. I mean, to me, that was the most mysterious thing. Other than to get my tire slashed, I have no idea why I was even there. Oh, that's too bad that it's now soured you on doing any other remotes because... Some people do like to see you and be able to talk to you in person. You yeah. know. It's well, ordinarily I've enjoyed it in the past. If it's, phone for half an hour. Yeah, if it's in the right setting, and if you've got a lively group of people who've got something to say or ask some interesting questions, it's a lot of fun. But unfortunately, the sales—you know—I guess now that these new ratings are out, hopefully, if this doesn't do it, nothing ever will. But it'll make them realize that we're not talking just to people over the age of 100 anymore. You know, you remember they sent me out to the Hallmark? Yeah. I mean, that was a disaster. It was an unmitigated disaster. And the whole concept, the only reason I agreed to go there was if we were going to do something to try to get some younger people out there and get a mixed audience instead of just talking to the people who live there over the age of 100. And it didn't work out their way, that way because there was, there was just nothing done to lure anybody else out there. And let's face it, on a Wednesday afternoon... At noon, most most younger people are in school or they're working or they're doing something. That's right. Well, I'll tell you, all I wanted to let you know is I did call back Zeta this morning to tell you that we love you. Thank you. And uh, one thing to the uh, gentleman, uh, not, not your last caller, but the caller before, he sounded like one of the, uh, he must have been the brother of the guy that was standing outside of Pumpernick screaming. Yeah. If you don't like Neil Rogers, don't bother calling. Amen. Don't need people like him. Although, I'll tell you, one caller like him every day would be pretty good. Well, yeah, he actually does stir things up, yeah. but he's a jerk. Okay. <laughs> anyway, keep up the good work. See you later. Bye-bye. Twelve minutes before noon at WINZ, we have an open line in Broward, 7640707. We discovered on Saturday, by the way, why we haven't got a lot of contests for a hot hunk contest for the attractive young ladies and men. Because our audience, boy, generally speaking, is pretty ugly. You know, the hosts are ugly, so naturally the audience is going to be pretty ugly. I mean, there were nice people, don't get me wrong. And there were a few people there, uh, not too many, who were very attractive. In fact, uh, what was her name? Uh, Miss Pembroke Pines? She was a very attractive young lady. Uh, she was only 14, and Ernie was trying to attack her right there in a the park, which was embarrassing. But uh, generally speaking, man, it was a pretty motley-looking group. Should we take another call from Hollywood? Hello. Hello. Yes. Hello, Ray Neil. Yes. This is the first time I'm calling. Good. And I'm. I want you to know how much I enjoy your show. Thank you. And this morning I got the biggest laugh when you start to talk about Pumpernickx up in Pembroke Pine. Oh boy. We were there, four of us, for dinner Saturday night. And what a catastrophe. Yeah, I had a friend who went there this weekend with his wife, and he said the same thing. He said it was a nightmare. I tell you, I never in my life ever, ever went to a restaurant that they, that they were so stupid. Stupid. The waitresses, the hostess. One, the right hand didn't know what the left hand was doing. Yeah, and you should have seen what the left hand was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I had one of the first waiters came over and asked me what we would like. So I told her I would like a bowl of cold borscht with sour cream and a boiled potato. Well, 20 minutes passed by. I don't get my 
surprised. And then another waitress comes over. She says, will you please tell me what you wanted? Because the waitress didn't understand what you were talking about. Well, and my husband ordered stuffed cabbage, and you should see what he got. Well, it was a disaster. Yeah. And not only that, when we got our bill, that was the grand finale. I don't know how where these girls went to school. They don't know how to add. They couldn't subtract. And I bet you they can't even multiply. <laughs> Four people, we had, we, whatever we ate, came to about $5 and change. Mm -hmm. Well, we walked out of there. We were hysterical. And it was for laughter. A complete disaster. Now, these people better shape up. Or they're going to be in a whole big bunch of trouble. Yeah, I can't see them making it too long there, boy, because it's uh, it's the Royal Market, oh, hey, it's a no Royal Market cafeteria with a different sign on the door. That's all. Oh God! Well, anyhow, when I heard you talking about Pumpnicks this morning, I was roaring. Yeah. Just roaring. And I just had to call you and tell you how I felt about the place. Mike. Okay. Well, listen. Better luck next time. Thank you very much. It's nice. It's been nice talking to you. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's 11.52 at WINZ. We have one open line. Somebody just expired from the uh, smell of the smoked fish on this show. We have uh, one line there in Broward, 764-0707. Anybody has any questions about the uh, radio ratings, boy, I've got them all right here in my hand. If you want to hear about any of your favorite shows, who's going to lose their job, uh, we'll certainly be glad to answer those when we come back. Boy, that Abrera's got a sense of humor. You know he makes up those traffic reports? I didn't want to let that out of the back. He just makes them up. Okay, let's see. Let's go to Miami next. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello. Golly day, I've been waiting and waiting for you. You're such a joy. I can't wait till 10 o'clock in the morning. I know. Oh, are you something else? Anyway, did you have to go potty so damn much all the time I've been holding on the phone? Did I have to what? Potty. Potty? Yeah, or something. Boy, it was Hollywood. It was Pembroke. It was this one. It was that one. That's okay. I love you. Period. And I think you put everything on the table. Yeah, we put it all on the table, and the people, the uh, animals come up and they grab it. That's what happened Saturday. Yeah, I was so bad. I felt so bad about that. I, I didn't know what to do. I told my, look at that. He's doing such a good job. And why? And that's not the first time with you, right? Not the first time what? With your car. Oh, no, it's getting to be a regular habit. You know, one week they try to break into it, and they break the uh, steering column, and the next week it's the tires. I'll tell you, it hurt us, both my husband and I. This is my first time. But I wanted to talk to you about the. You remember the uh, last week about smoking those big, fat cigars? Yeah. 
And then the next day, Whitehead had a column about nobody should smoke in the planes and God knows what. And you know him. He's a reformed smoker, a reformed drinker. Yeah, he's a reformed human being, man. Right. I, I just wanted to tell you now, we know him. And I'll, I'm so disappointed with him, I don't even want to read his comments. Yeah, it's enough to make you scream. Right. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. We love you. Okay, man. Well, that's our slogan here at Wins. Keep it up. You're listening to Lifeless. Now, you'd be good on there, Mike. You have the perfect voice for lifeless. I don't do my job as well when oh, I'm constantly. Wouldn't that be good? That would be great. You and Bob Lasseter with those mellifluous voices. The music of your life, ladies and gentlemen. This is Lifeless 94. The music that you adore. Here's good old Jane Morgan. It was oh, he did it again. He did it again. Oh, tell Rick Shaw. Okay, we're at the end of this hour. I can't stand it. I used to like that song, but it's getting to be nauseating now. It's like syrup. It's like uh, going into a diabetic coma in the middle of Aunt Jemima's Pancake House. Okay, when we come back, uh, we have what is what is so funny in there, man? If I could get the audience to laugh the way that you're cracking up, I'd be I'd have a twenty share. I've had the radio on in the newsroom all morning long, and we're just cracking up. Are you really? That's right, you're on a roll. Why are you listening to Lee Fowler's ratings? That is pretty <laughs> funny, man. You get down to numbers that small. I think that's put everyone in a good mood. Yeah. Hey, Lee, I know you're listening, baby, and we're sorry. We're sorry that you couldn't break a one this time, but man, keep it up, pal. Keep working away with those raunchy sex polls. And did you do it on the transmitter? Did you do it on the wall? And by the end of the summer, man, you ought to be in Keokuk, Iowa. Okay, Michael Wolf is here with local and area news headlines on both sides of the CBS News at noon. This is the part of the station where we really get respectable, down and dirty. And then we'll come back at 10 past 12 with more of the Neil Rogers Show. Taffy McCallum is coming along today at 2. And, boy, they have really whipped the daylights out of her, man. They have whipped her into shape. And from what I understand, it's going to be a whole new deal at 2. 94 News wins. If you'd like to call Neil, dial 764-0707 in Broward or 624-0191 in Dade. And now, here again is Neil Rogers. Ten minutes after 12 at WINZ. We certainly hope you're having a wonderful life out there in Radio Land in spite of it all here in South Florida, the home of the walking dead, the brain dead, and the ungrateful dead. And uh, we did lose, well, they're flashing. As long as they keep flashing, folks, that's all that counts. I'm not going to give the numbers. I will give the address again for so far. We thank our... A uh, lady friend who's in the kitchen right now stuffing envelopes, and we thank everybody who's getting involved in sending those checks. Don't forget, we need money because we want to raise several thousand dollars for a variety of purposes for so far, the most important being to take out some newspaper ads to uh, uh, take out ads, not only locally, but I'd like to put one in the Washington Post or the New York Times. That costs a lot of money, and we'd like to raise money and to just make the checks out to so far... And also, of course, your stamp self-addressed envelopes for these petitions. Mail them to so far care of Neil Rogers, W-I-N-Z, Miami. And the zip is 33055. So far is the acronym for Save Our First Amendment Rights. We are sick and tired of the FCC and the rest of the Reagan government trying to take away more and more of our rights. And, of course, once they take away the First Amendment rights, who the hell knows what's going to be after that? And I thank Mike Spindell for his help yesterday on his program and hopefully some of the other people in the market uh, we know that some of the FM folks are getting involved. And, again, I thank the people at Zeta, 94.9827643, for having me on their show a little bit this morning at 9 to uh, promote it. And uh, let's really get the ball going. But the mail has been phenomenal. I mean, it really is building like crazy. In fact, the uh, volume is increasing every day. 
and we're hoping to really get a lot of people involved. Okay, in the meantime, we do have one open line if you'd like to join us here today. We have open phones till 2. Thursday, Tom Jick is going to be here, the radio TV editor of the Miami News. And, boy, is that going to, uh, going to be a lot of nervous people in the market, huh? I guess Tom's going to be tinkling all over Neil again for those ratings because you know that incestuous relationship we've got. I've got so many relationships. You know, Bill Cosford and Tom Jicka, Linda Thornton. Isn't that what somebody said on Fowler's show the other day? That Linda licks my tochus. Didn't she say that? What a disgusting thought. I'm sure for Linda especially. But uh, we're going to have Tom here on Thursday, and we'll really go into that book, and we'll digest it and uh, spit it out and just do a wild number with it. Fort Lauderdale, hello. Uh, hi, Neil. How you doing today? Great. Good. I was out there Saturday, and I did pick up a petition. Good. And uh, we're going to get that thing back to you filled up. Great. But uh, anyway, just some comments on Saturday. Uh, I, I was starving to death on the way over there, and I stopped by that restaurant, and uh, I walked in there, and it smelled so bad like, like, they, like they were frying B.O. or something. Yeah, well, that was on the menu, fried B.O., didn't you see that? No, we didn't see it. Yeah, they had an early bird on that. Well, we didn't eat there, but uh, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, you know, we didn't eat there. And, you know, it was just too disgusting. But uh, anyway, just some comments on Saturday. Uh, we were surprised that Ernie looked more alive than he actually sounds. <laughs> and that, that was that was one of the biggies. Uh, well, I think God gave Ernie a brain transplant last Saturday. I think he did something for him. Yeah, well, you know, definitely. Uh, it's better to see him than uh, to hear him sometimes. Anyway, <laughs> we're surprised Taffy was, uh, we expected her to be very uh, overweight. and. Uh, Are you serious? Yeah. Boy, Taffy, I bet she doesn't weigh 80 pounds. No, well, she was, uh, no, she was a lot better looking than she sounds. Yeah, that seems to be the general uh, consensus. And, of course, uh, you know, her looks aren't much either, so what does that tell you about the way she sounds? Uh, not much. And one other thing, uh, we got tired of watching Kathy eat. Was she eating a lot? I was trying to not look at her because she embarrassed me so badly in the first part of the show that I just kept trying to ignore her. Yeah, well, we were trying to ignore her also, but we kept seeing her hand go from the uh, tray to her mouth. It was constant. Well, she's uh, Kathy's always upset if she doesn't have something in her mouth. <laughs> anyway. Uh, you mentioned. Before. You know. You notice, by the way, we had a few volunteers in the crowd when I mentioned that on Saturday. Oh yeah. Some of those young guys, boy, they were just good thing we had the barricades there. I know they were ready. They were ready to climb over the ropes. Yeah. And uh, also, uh, you mentioned that there's no good place to get a steak. Have you ever been to Ruth Chris's? No, you mean on Federal Highway? Yeah. It, it's really excellent. Really? See, I'm at this point. I'm ready to travel high and far, and I'm not. I'm not trying to be a malcontent or to try to be, you know, Mr. Sour Grapes. But there just are so many bad places. And generally, when you go to a, like when I go on vacation and go someplace for the first time, like when I went to Hawaii, I never got a bad meal. No matter where I went, I got a good meal. And I, I what did I know? You know, just walking off the street at a place that looks pretty good, and they were good. Yeah. But, uh, well, the thing about this place is it's, it's expensive. I mean, it probably, uh, it's probably like a steak is about 20 bucks or $22, but it's the best steak I've had in Florida. And, uh, and, and that it, actually, I even think it's better than birds, but it doesn't have that type of a menu where you can, you know, pick the size and so forth. Yeah. But it, it is really good. Well, I've never been, I've never been into size. You know, I'm not interested in that. 
Okay, Neil. Well, I just wanted to let you know there is one good place for steak, and that's it. Okay, appreciate it. Right. Okay, Ruth Chris, that's on Federal Highway. That's up there by that um, Moi Lee, that Chinese restaurant up there. That's pretty good, too. 1260. Now, listen, don't get panicky. We're not going to do another restaurant show because the last time we did that a few weeks ago, a lot of the uh, young suits out there got all bent out of shape about that, probably because they tried a couple of the restaurants that some of the uh, people in the audience recommended. I wish you could have seen this guy. He was a nice guy. I don't want to put him down. But here I get to the park on Saturday. I've just had all my tires slashed. I've been in the middle of this bizarre experience at Pumper Snickers, and I have no idea what the hell it was all about. And I get to the park, and here's this guy, and he's just all over me about duffs. You know, why would anybody want to spend more than two seconds talking about duffs? And he kept sloshing his teeth around in that glass. It was disgusting. Okay, next caller is on a mobile phone. Hello. How you doing now? Okay. I'm in complete agreement with everything you do. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I am. Anyway, well, getting back to the restaurants, if you want a real good steak, uh, the Palm is, is, I find, excellent. The Palms? No, not the Palm, the Palm. It's uh, on Bay Harbor Village. It's uh, it's from New York. It's actually a New York restaurant that's down here. Yeah. Um, don't let Ernie hear about that. Well, what can I tell you? But that is, I mean, they fly their steaks down. They fly their lobsters down. I mean, it's excellent. Ruth Chris, they have good steak, but they are so inconsistent, it's ridiculous. I was there once. They picked up over a $300 tab because the service was so bad. Really? Really. Well, what is their problem? I don't know. I mean, I've, I must have been in there about 10 times. Uh, out of the 10 times, the food's been good. I'm not going to say this, but the service is atrocious. Yeah. I mean, really atrocious. And for that kind of money... In other words, it's a nice place to visit, but you wouldn't want to eat there. That's right. If you yeah. want a good steak, I'm telling you. The I mean, palm. It seems to me that nobody mentions the palm down here. Well, see, it's so far from me. I mean, I don't live anywhere near there. I live up in no man's land, at least right now. In a few days, I'm going to move again. I think I'm going to start moving every week. I don't know. I live in plantations. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's worth the trip. Well, are you familiar with these, all these new developments like Los Prados and all these others where you can't get in if you make over a certain amount of money because they're financed by bond money? Right. Uh, there, there are like dozens, all the new places in plantation. If you make more than 48 grand a year, they can't rent to you. I'm not familiar with now. Yeah. It, it's unbelievable. I mean, I never heard of such discrimination. I've heard of people who can't afford to live in a place because they don't make enough money, but who ever heard of being turned away because you make too much money? I can't believe that the Plantation City Council allowed that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All of them. About 90% of the new developments in Plantation are like uh, middle class sued places where you can't make more than a certain amount or they can't rent to you. Uh, what you're telling me is time to move out then. Huh? What you're telling me is it's time to move out. Well, what can I say? <laughs> I got a place. I found a new one. Okay, good. Thanks a lot. See you later. Right, bye. I hope my landlord's listening today. I don't even know if he's, uh, maybe he's left town. See that? Just like this guy from Pumpernick's. Can you believe we are leaving the park on Saturday at 2 o'clock? He comes by us, and Chris Stonick, the salesman, rolls down a window and says, we're on our way back to Pumpernick's. We'll meet you at your restaurant. Okay. He never comes back. He's like Charlie on the MTA. He never returned, you know, like he got on the Metro Rail or something, and he can't get off. Like it's on a, he's on a revolving roller coaster, and he can't get off. I'll show you how hyped up I am today. I've already crossed out the second break on my log. We haven't even done the first one yet, and I've already crossed out. Well, that's what happens when the ratings come out, you know, and you get these uh, wild numbers. And, again, uh, thanks to everybody out there for supporting uh, free speech and supporting this show. And I go through all that corny stuff every time. What can I say? This is a good show, you know? I can't uh, I can't help it. 
It just in some days it's better than other days. Some days, like today, it's uh, boring, but we can't do exciting shows every day. I want to thank especially, I feel like one of those people up there at the Emmys or the Oscars or the Golden Globe Awards or those stupid things, especially I want to thank Gene Stevens because I know, you know, the Hallandale bit was good, and Sonny Rosenberg and Intendola, they helped a lot. But Gino, without you in post-time USA, we could have never done it. Trust me. Okay, 20 minutes after 12 at WYNZ. That ought to make him have indigestion for the rest of the month. We'll come back right after this. 1223 at WYNZ. You know, I just uh, looked at these numbers, and I realize it's probably an in thing, right? We don't want to get too in with these ratings because the audience doesn't care, right? They do? Al's mother cares. You know that she threatened to quit if they had me at Pumpernick's the other day? She's a waitress there, and she threatened to quit. Shame on you, Mrs. Q. Anyway, I'm looking at the uh, W Snooze numbers. Boy, Fowler's in a lot of trouble. You know something? They did pretty well in the morning. They did mediocre at night, where they're down to a 4-9 at night. But wouldn't you think that the big drop would have been in the afternoon, where the $8 million man, where Kane left, they had a 3-4. That's about what he gets all the time, right? The big drop over there was from 10 to 3. That's Allison Lee. Major catastrophe there in the midday day part. But uh, Craig, I guess, kept things up there in the afternoon. That's because the uh, crowd that likes to hear the positive in the afternoon, they turn in there from 3 to 7 because they want to hear only positive. They don't like all this knocking of the hosts. They know what it's like to go by Royal Castle and not have 25 cents in their pocket, friends. Oh, friends, you don't know what I mean when I tell you this. I don't know what I mean because I don't know much of anything. I think what we need is to have Bill Wilbanks, Janet Reno, and Ellis Rubin on together. Wouldn't that be a hell of a show? You notice that's the new kick now. Everybody's doing these crime shows, and Judge Bloom, we get him on the same panel over and over and over and over and over again. Boy, you think that the audience was in a coma uh, six months to a year ago. Just wait if this trend continues in this market. Miami, hello. Hi, Neil. How you doing? Okay. Congratulations for your uh, rating. Thank you. Do uh, you know that someone at Channel 10 likes you? I know Ron Sachs likes me. He tinkled all over me on the phone this weekend. I know. Friday he did. Uh, he commended you for your work with uh, saving our First Amendment rights. Yeah, that's what I heard. On the editorial. Yeah, he agrees with me wholeheartedly and then some. Yeah. Listen, I want to agree with uh, one of your callers about the Palm Restaurant. Yeah. Oh, great. If you order the prime rib, it's excellent. Excellent. It melts in your mouth. Really? That good, huh? But you can use a butter knife on it to cut it. It's humongous, though. It's about the size of a 12-inch uh, oval plate. Really? And expensive. That sounds pretty erotic. Yeah, and it's pretty expensive, too. Okay, well, price is no consideration. You know, when you're last of the big-time spenders, I don't care about that. Yeah, but it, the steaks are excellent there, and the service is excellent. Good. No problems. All right, that's all I just wanted to say, because I, uh, I didn't get to listen to your show on Saturday. Boy, you're lucky, man. Trust me, you didn't miss a thing. You know, because I was too busy working, so. Good. You know, okay. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Okay, yeah, I hope a lot of people didn't hear the show on Saturday. Maybe they were all busy. You think so? You notice now the town is pretty well cleaned out? There's nobody here now. Spring break is over. Did you see that headline in the uh, Sun Sentinel yesterday? I mean, is that pathetic or what? Oops. Oops. Fort Lauderdale uh, powers that be are reconsidering. You know, like, uh, won't you please come back? We were only kidding, kids. We were only kidding. Don't you have a sense of humor? Please come back and spend your money here. Like young people are that stupid, right? They're really going to believe that. 
Okay, we have a couple of open lines. We have one in each county in Dade County, 624-0191, and we have one open line in Broward at 764-0707. I have never been to a prostitute, and I am not or have ever been a homosexual. Miami Beach, hello. 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 Hi. Hi, Neil. I was just taken by those birds in the background. That was great. <laughs> I have five of them. I called, um, I'm a long-time listener, and I have a friend, B. We both listen to you. And uh, we're under 100. Great. And we're still living and breathing out here. There are some of us who are under 100 on Miami Beach. I, I love those birds. You know something? To me, one of the most peaceful things is to go out. Like I was out in the uh, side lawn here at the station on uh, Friday, I think. I went out for a couple of minutes, and the birds were chirping out there. And it was real quiet. Wouldn't you just like to get away and just sit and listen to that for about an hour someday, just just to uh, come back down to earth? Yes, I would. <laughs> listen, I wanted to make a comment about this uh, thing about the FCC. Yeah. They're so worried about talk show hosts and people expressing opinions that happen to be a little too close to the truth. And they're not worried. I was watching 60 Minutes last night. And they had this, this guy who was sentenced to two life sentences, who they paroled after eight years, the Austin Choker. The Austin... They let him out. Oh, yeah. And he they let him back two more out. women. Yeah. Okay. They're so uh, concerned about radio. They're not looking, they're looking to protect uh, criminal rights, you know, and they're so far off base. Yeah. This man went out and choked two more women. Well, I think what they're hoping to do is that he'll run into the guy that they let out in California that they tried to send to Florida, <laughs> and that he'll cut his arms off, you know. I mean, it's just incredible. It's mind-boggling. They're just so misdirected. Yeah. And one other thing I wanted to say, uh, like I said, we've listened to your show for quite a while, and it seems like the people like that man who got hysterical on the phone earlier, mm -hmm. the, your listeners seem to fall into three categories. The ones that you speak the truth about get real upset. Then you have the ones that call you up and patronize you, and they're the ones who, they, they get upset too, but they choose not to, you know, rant and rave on, on the air. Yeah, they rant and rave off the air. Right, and, and then they call you and say, oh, man, I think you're so wonderful. <laughs> and then you have the middle-of-the-road people that listen in astonishment, like my yeah. friend and I, and... Uh, it's just unbelievable. We were thinking of going out there to see your show, and now I'm glad we didn't. It's a shame that you can't do remote shows. You know, here's a talk show host that's willing to go out and... Uh, past, past tense. Well, was willing to go out and do shows and throw in uh, uh, comical music and be a little different. And it's a shame. Now you can't do it because people have to act like animals. Yeah. It's just a shame. Well, what can I tell you? And then they complain because so many of the hosts are boring or, or they go to sleep listening to them. They yeah. get somebody who is a little lively and they spoil it. Well, they don't want too much life. You know, they just want a, enough life to serve them a corned beef sandwich and that's it. <laughs> I guess so. With mayonnaise. <laughs> Okay, well, listen, take care of yourself and take care of those birds. I will. I love them. Yeah, listen, anytime you call, I'm going to know who it is. <laughs> I'll give myself away by the birds. Okay, see you later. Okay. Bye-bye. Bet you Luke Crone would go nuts in her house if he saw the bird seed, huh? Have her arrested. Those are
of marijuana seeds. I know it. I can tell. It says Hearts Mountain on the package. Maybe we could redo the birdseed episode on the air. I guess that takes people back a long time. See, I have to get used to the fact that there are a whole lot of new people listening to this show, thank goodness, and they don't know about any of that old good stuff from the uh, days gone by, like my birdseed episode where people sent me in birdseed and the general manager thought it was uh, pot seeds. And uh, that was that was bizarre, and it turned out he didn't have a pot to hiss in. Where are we going next to Sunrise? Hello. Hello, Neil. How you doing? I'm fine. Uh, I'm one of those under 100 people that are, uh, I'm a neoholic. Good. Uh, at, uh, my fingers start to twitch if I don't hear your, your voice between 10 and 2. And that, you know, that can be a problem. Kind of, kind of like the Walter Cronice syndrome, huh? Right. Uh, you know, one, one of the bad things about listening and uh, waiting on the phone is you can't turn down your, uh, some of your commercials that uh, are annoying. Some of our commercials are annoying? Yeah. Well, that's true now that you mention it. That they, I don't know who does that, uh, the, uh, the uh, Southern Bell. Yeah. I, I don't know, uh, but uh, he must uh, stutter thinking because <laughs> the, uh, they have to a- ask the same question three times. Yeah. I, I don't know what the point is. Well, that's because they, they figure the audience in South Florida, when they put the spots on in other parts of the country, they only ask it once. But they figure that people here are brain dead, so they have to keep repeating it over and over again. They've got a point, you know. Well, I, it, it, uh, when I when I listen, I I always uh, you know, t- uh, or I hear commercials and TV too. I, I like to talk back to the you know you know you, you know you you dope. What's the matter? You know that I guess people think I'm crazy too, yelling at the uh, steering wheel or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I yell at my steering wheel all the time. I, I was. Uh, Boy, this is. When they ask you. How long do you think uh, Al can keep saying now that he's the most listened to? Uh... Oh, yeah, that's interesting. I think everybody ought to, uh, let's send out the WYNZ alert. I think that since the uh, numbers are out, I have them right in my hand, as a matter of fact, that tomorrow morning at 9, if W. Snooze has the audacity to play that ridiculous cart about uh, Rantel being South Florida's most listened to talk show host, that people ought to immediately get on the phone and let them really have it. Wait, wait. I mean, let's have a little little truth in promos and truth in show intros, Lee. Didn't they? Uh, uh, didn't you beat him la- uh, last rating? Yes. Well, how, how could he keep uh, saying? Well, because uh, Lee Fowler and the Truth are strangers. I mean, you know, they have never met. But this time, it's so it's so glaring. I mean, it's not even in the same ballpark. Well, uh, I don't. So know. if they say it tomorrow again, somebody ought to really let them have what for. I, I'm also wondering if you heard any uh, anything back from the uh, uh, people that you sent the, uh, the so far. Information out to other cities and uh, what? Not, not yet. Expect you have you gotten any uh, response at all? I mean, uh, well, locally we have, but uh, you know it's a little too soon. I hope this week we're going to start hearing from around the rest of the country. Okay, Neil. We just we just started sending them out last week. Okay, thanks a lot. Okay, speaking of rest of the market, look at this. Keith Allen of Love ninety four is calling because he knows Glenn Hill's not here. Keith. <laughs> Hi, Neil. How you doing? Good. I got your invitation to your uh, May sixteenth bash. Right. I can't make it because I'm going to be in L.A. for a wedding, but I'll be there in spirit, and I've got your uh, your petition, and I'll be sending it around. Great. I um, was listening to the fellow from the FCC, and I thought it was one of the more frightening things I've heard on the radio in a long, long time, especially the part where he was talking about not only are they worried about the uh, actual content, but the uh, inferences that yeah. uh, the audience may pick up right. and the audience may be thinking a certain way. 
and they can ascertain, uh, the FCC figures they can ascertain what the audience may be thinking, I think we're in real dangerous ground when we have federal organizations like that uh, going around spouting nonsense like that. Um, it's like if you read The Grapes of Wrath by John Steinbeck. Yep. And you might read it and say, well, that's a nice book about the, uh, the Okies fleeing the uh, Dust Bowl of the 20s and 30s. And another person may read it and say, no, that's not about that. It's about that. But it's actually about uh, the resiliency of the human spirit against insurmountable odds. Now, which is it about? It's up to the individual, right? Right. And nowhere does John Steinbeck write this book is about this, that, and the other. Through his creativity, he expresses an idea or a feeling that comes through without him directly saying it. And if they're going to start messing with that... Uh, they're they're tampering with something that I think separates us from the lower life forms on this planet. Well, you got to understand that most of the lower life forms of the planet are in government, and uh, especially at the FCC. Once you get up to Washington, that's you know about as low as you can go. Why is that? Well, I don't know. I think they just gravitate toward it. I don't know. I don't understand. I just I thought Cosford's uh, article was, uh, was Great. very good. Well, sensational. Thanks. He's uh, working at the Hallandale Digest now, by the way. <laughs> Okay, I'll call you back when Glenn isn't there. <laughs> no, Glenn's okay. Say hello to him for me. Are you serious? Yes, why? No, I'm only kidding. I'm just baiting you a little bit here. I don't know. I mean, uh, you guys worked together for a long time, didn't you? I've known Glenn Hill since 1973. Well, that's a long time. That's long enough to have a lot of disagreements. That's that's true. We had more than our share. Okay, well, listen, I'll give him your best and uh, do whatever you can for us. Okay, Neil. Thanks, Keith. Bye. Okay, Keith Allen there of Gloves 94. How did they do in the book, by the way? Oh, we got a caller in Boca who's paying. Hello. Hello, Neil. How you doing? Okay, how are you? Congratulations Great. on your ratings. First Thank, Thank you. You sort of titillated me, if I could say that, about this um, First Amendment, right? Because I just started listening to you about a month ago. And I just got, I don't know that much about the Constitution. I'll be ignorant on that. So I went out and got some encyclopedias and was reading through it. And I found the part on the FCC Commission and the federal government. Yeah. So I called him up down at the Miami office and asked about the one line that reads, the commission also regulates radio and television stations without censorship authority. And he danced around it and was saying this. And he got me a little upset, so I called him uh, one of your favorites, the subhuman douchebag. And he goes, oh, you're with that Rogers. <laughs> That's great. That's really funny. Automatically, in his eyes, I have a frontal lobotomy, and that fits for me. Yeah. That's great. Um, what I also called about, what's going on May 16th? Because I've been listening in and out the last week or so. Well, uh, to be honest with you, it's going to change a little bit, but May 16th we're going to have a big uh, rally on this. Well, not not a rally. I don't want to use that word. But we're going to have a, uh, a panel of uh, people from Radio in the Market, and Bill Tanner's going to be here, and obviously somebody from Love 94 will be here because Keith can't be, and uh, a couple of other folks. And we're going to really uh, try to get all kinds of people involved in this thing and circulate petitions. We're going to do it right here at the station. Oh, yeah. And that's at the state. You're going to do it at the station because I'd right. like to come down there. Good. That's on Saturday, May 16th. 16th year station. And we're going to have a lot of security here. We're going to have uh, 75 uh, Marines here with Uzi submachine guns. Uh, some of um, Daffy's friends or? No, no. Some of my friends. Okay. And I, I sent in for my petitions. And I've already got permission outside of Publix, which I'm going to set a little table up there for one Saturday. They're going to let me as long as they don't bug them, they said. Excellent. And get some and bring them down for you. It's a good deal. Thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, 22 before 1 at WYNC. Now, don't forget, don't let this thing uh, drag. Those of you, and I know that the overwhelming majority of you still haven't sent in even just your envelope, but we also want you to uh, 
send in those checks for so far. Make them out to S O F A R so far, along with your stamped self-addressed envelopes. Glenn is he's hiding. Okay, let's do our commercial break, and we'll drag him out of the closet during the break. If... 18 before 1 at WYNZ. So tell me, did Keith Allen really have one that small? <laughs> he gets so upset when I Glenn come on Hill this show. Glenn Hill said that he once roomed with Keith Allen. It's true. And he had the smallest unit that he had ever seen in his life. I didn't say that. Yes, you did. I like the way it sounds, but I didn't say it. Okay? Don't get me into any more trouble today, okay. all right? That goes We're in going there. through the mail. Some hate mail. Here's mail. Some good, yeah, good but it's always mail? from the same people. Oh. Okay. Oh, by the way, here's an advance on your uh, This goes to salary. $3. Very nice. Thank you. <laughs> advance on my salary. <laughs> here's Howard Rosenberg in North Miami. Howard yeah. says, here's an idea for a great promotional bumper sticker for my show. Neil Rogers is right. And that's great. That is good. But then he goes on to say, your show Saturday morning with Kathy and Ernie was very funny. Oh, boy. So uh, that what does that guy know, right? That is that this Saturday. past Saturday show? Yeah, it was embarrassing. Oh, boy. Boy, it was embarrassing. I don't think it was that bad. I really don't think it was that bad. I think you're being pretty hard. Okay, let's that. find out, folks. Was the show that bad or what? We do have one open line in date. If there's that uh, guy that slipped my tire, 624-0191. Oh, <laughs> oh, look at this. Here's another nice letter from Nancy Daly, instructor at KETV, Miami Killian Senior High. It says the students were very enthusiastic about being invited on a live broadcast at WINC. I wish oh, that she'd bring that group back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I missed them. Well, I, I didn't miss them. <laughs> I wish she would bring that group of kids back in here. Boy, they'd never get home. <laughs> I'd have my own little bus, the magic bus. Just going through the mail, folks, so if uh, you're busy doing something else, uh, you know, just go right ahead. Don't mind us. So you really don't like Keith Allen, huh? Tell us about it. Um... <laughs> Keith was uh, very instrumental in my firing at Love 94. Ooh, really? So we, oh, Keith, this is going to be good. Keith used to work for me when I was a PD. So we, I knew there was some friction there. Yeah. What, how long did he say he knew me? Since 1973? That's probably right. He said right. too long. We had a, yeah. We had a few. They, they had a 2-4 in this book. Yeah. It sounds flat. Not too good, yeah. It sounds flat, flat to me. Like yeah. their music. Yeah. They had a 2-1 in the morning, a 2-6. Two two and a three zero. Oh, a two two an afternoon drive. Pretty weak. Is that Pretty right? Stiff, yeah. Oh boy. And a three zero oh at night is all with the jazz. Oh my God. Yeah, I think that's a big mistake. Oh, they're not happy over there. Some old bag just called up said Glenn Hill is bad. Oh boy. Bad Glenn Hill. Get him off the air. He's disgusting. And all he does is talk about other radio stations <laughs> and where he used to work. Why can't he go out and get a job himself? We don't want to hear that douchebag. We want to hear Neil. We want to hear something really interesting and educational. Ah. Oh, by the way, look at this. We've got uh, Bruce Singer has uh, sent a thing for petitions. Can you believe that? All right. I always like Bruce a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, just because he's a jerk is nothing to get upset about. Okay, we got Herbie, Herbie from Hallandale. Hello. Yes, sir, Neil. This is Herbie. I'm the first one that called you. Told you about the famous. Yeah, I remember you were in the uh, summer of '42, Herbie. There you Herbie. go, sweetheart. Listen, I'm very sorry about your bad experience. <laughs> At that time, I was running around doing a little errands for Big Daddy, who I fell in love with, and I still love the guy. Yeah, and you love everybody, evidently. I took my family there once, once for dinner, and uh, there was five of us, and we found found it very good. But I didn't call you because of that. I'm calling you because of Peppy Fields. 
Saturday oh. night. I don't know if you heard about it or not. No, I never hear about anything on the cat because nobody be listens. KT, and boy, was she mad at you. What did I do to her now? You were sounding off because she claims you knocked some people at her station. I did. <laughs> and that's it. Well, Espe I Especially that moron Jack McDermott. Why shouldn't I? <laughs> I, I listen to Peppy because I can't fall asleep on Saturdays. I, I, well, she'll do it for you, man, in about two seconds. <laughs> and at the time, Gilda Davis called in. Gilda Ratner? Uh, no, Gilda Davis. She's the widow of Benny Davis who wrote Margie. Oh, I'm yeah. Yeah, about 80 years ago, yeah. I knew them years ago. They were great Jim Rumby players. I used to uh, know them very well. And from the Lower Carlton Hotel back in 1940. Our guest tomorrow will be Johnny Johnston. <laughs> Gilder, more or less agreed with you. <laughs> Good for you. She, she thinks you're terrific. Hey, tell that peppy to stuff it, will you? <laughs> I thought it was cute, and I thought I'd tell you. Another thing, I, uh, you're bold. By the way, we play, we uh, taped that show. We have a tape of part of uh, what Peppy had to say the other night. You want, do you want to hear it? If you want to play it, why not? Okay, listen. I have never been to a prostitute, and I am not or have ever been a homosexual. <laughs> Are you serious? Is that incredible? From Peppy Fields, no less. <laughs> Boy. Boy, is she getting paranoid or what? And another thing, you're so right. I don't know if I should mention the rest of not, but you did this morning, so I'm going to tell you I went to Wendy's oh. about two months ago because your favorite restaurant was so crowded and I was so hungry. Yeah. That's the biggest disappointment of my life. I know. But one lousy slice of fish, sable, cut with a razor on a bagel for $95. Mm. I complained to the manager. They said, well, that's what it is. Talked to and then they... Uh, Owner's wife came over and she just shrugged her shoulders. How they stand there, I'll never know. And one more thing, I've been listening to your tapes of your friend Stern. I don't think, I don't like to tinkle on your shoes, but he can't shine your shoes, believe me. I never... Well, for the right price he could. <laughs> uh, Neil, I quit working in the morning just to listen to you. That's probably your greatest remark. Good. Nice well, talking to you. Keep it up, sir. You keep it up. And give Peppy my best. <laughs> I never call him. Thank you. Okay. He never calls he, him? Well, that was strange. He, he quit working to listen to this show? Of course. Yeah. By the way, don't bring any more Howard Stern tapes okay. in here. Seriously. I mean, it was good in the beginning, but it's like creating a Frankenstein's monster, you know? Well, enough is enough. Yeah, I know. Well, I, He's I, funny. He's great. He's making a lot of money, but I'm bored with him already. It's, right. uh, well, yeah. I, I quit bringing them to you. It's other people then started giving them to oh, you. Oh, by the way, you'll be pleased to know Calder found your tape. What? Isn't that incredible? Where was it? I don't want to tell you. Yeah. You might not want to touch it for a long time. <laughs> you know, which one should we do? The one in Fort Lauderdale who's had a long wait? Hello. Hello. Hi. How you doing? Oh, not too bad, Neil. Neil, I thought I had to phone you something happened the other evening that uh, has got a bearing on this FCC uh, nonsense. Yes, sir. And their excuse. I was looking after a couple of kids, seven years old and eight years old, and they brought up the subject of bad language and uh, that sort of thing, probably because of the media coverage it's received. And it uh, turns out both of them knew all the seven words and then some. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and uh, then uh, I thought, well, let's let's see uh, let's see what the kids of today. Uh, whether they use the words a lot. I know I did when I was a youngster. And I, I asked them, do you use them a lot at school? And the eldest kid said, oh, yeah, all the time. And then the, the seven-year-old said something I made me think. He said, yeah, of course, we've got to watch our language in front of adults. That's right. 
They don't want to corrupt the morals of their parents. Well, as soon as, as soon as the kid walks in, all the adults will say, right, you know, we've got to cut out the language. Right. And then the kids are uh, using the same language, and as soon as the parents were, uh, or an adult walks in, they've got to stop the language as well. Right. I think it's about time they all got together and swore at each other. No. <laughs> hey, um, while Glenn's there... Glenn who? Isn't Glenn there? Glenn Miller. He just came in. He heard the uh, KAT call letters mentioned. Yes, yeah, Glenn I thought I heard him in the background as well. Yeah, but, he's, um, he's uh, making guttural noises in the background again, yeah. Yeah. Um, he figures the book is out, so he's safe today, that uh, they, they'll leave me alone no matter what I do now. They're in a great mood today around here. Who is? All the management. Uh... Well, what are they in a great mood? I did it, not single-handedly. News did well. Yeah. Uh, Talknet did, uh, you know, not great, did okay. Mm -hmm. But uh, where was the big uh, bubble on this thing here, huh? Right on this show, folks. Yeah. That was what I predicted. They're I all, predicted a 6-2. They're all, all the management people are walking around. Hey, we're geniuses. <laughs> hey, look at us, man. We got a 5. We got a 7 in midday. They didn't do... Oh, I can't say that. <laughs> what, do, what do those numbers mean anyway? You know, 7 means nothing to me. I don't know how it works. It's... Well, a good number in midday would be a 4. That would be a real good number. What does that mean? Four people are listening? What's that? Four people are listening in the uh, post office, yeah. Exactly. No, seriously, how does it work and how do they... How do they oh, uh, it's, a com it's, it's complicated. They hand out diaries. Mm. And uh, like Anne Frank once got one and they just, uh, you know, that's the way it works. But diaries to who? They hand out, I don't know, to people they find at 7-Eleven and corner bookstores and adult <laughs> bookstores. I don't know. No one's ever asked me. If they well, listen, you'll be next time, sir, trust me. Okay, well, listen, hang in there, and uh, thanks for your whatever that was. Okay, fine. Thanks. Bye now. I'm going to go back and uh, work on the mountain of mail that's in today. Why? Just because that woman called in and ripped you now? No. You're thin-skinned? No, the only reason You I... can't take it, can you, Glenn? No, the only reason I came in here was to upset Keith Allen. You know that. <laughs> was it really as small as you said, or are you just uh, exaggerating? Man, I'll tell you, if he's still listening, he's going to be embarrassed. Oh, Glenn, he's listening. Uh, Glenn held up two fingers, you know, like about an eighteenth of an inch apart. Of course, the real question is, how did you know? That's uh, another I, interesting question. Keith, you know I never said that. Yes, he did. No. Oh, was it bigger than that? <laughs> okay, we've got... <laughs> I'm going to leave now. Uh, Somebody in the Olympia Heights post office. Now, maybe you can get a box over there. Okay. Hello. Hello. Yes. Hey, there, Neon Cohen from the post office. Good. Yeah, i just got a few minutes. I want to tell you a uh, comment about your show on Saturday. It was horrible. Right. Yeah, I... I, I, I think it was embarrassing for you. and it, just... it was embarrassing for the industry. It was embarrassing for me. It was embarrassing for the station. It was embarrassing for all of mankind. I don't know. I, it, I don't know. It, it, was, it wasn't well planned. Terrible. No, it was just a mess. It was a melange of mung. Anyway, that, that's my opinion. It was a mucous membrane. I just had lunch. Cool it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, I like your pieces there with, uh, or your, yeah, I shouldn't have said that. I like your... Uh, I beg your pardon, sir. Glenn Hill, they are... Uh, his laugh just knocks me off my chair. I think it's so funny. He likes me. <laughs> I, I used to, I, I met Glenn a couple of times when I used to deliver uh, Love 94 on um, uh, North Miami Beach. Yeah. I used to be the, the carrier there for a period of time. Oh, yeah. Um, carrier of what, sir? <laughs> all kinds of diseases. I'm sure. You sound like it. You sound like one of those people who goes around breathing on the mail. Um, uh, my last name is Mung. Really? <laughs> anyway, uh, about the... Uh, uh, one of your uh, prior calls made a comment about some of your advertising, and I have to agree with him. Well, we don't discuss the sponsors here. That's what pay puts the uh, cornflakes on the table. Eighty percent of it is really bad. It, 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 well, we don't care. As long as they're going to pay for it, we don't care. But listen, have a good day, and put the stamp in the right place, will you please? Right. 
Okay. By the way, we just had a call. As a matter of fact, uh, Keith Allen was very upset. Just called the newsroom back, and uh, this is what part of what Keith had to say about your intemperate remarks. I have never been to a prostitute, and I am not or have ever been a homosexual. <laughs> okay. It's... <laughs> I don't know about the first 1254. Part, so. Oh, come on now. 1254 <laughs> WINZ, number one half on AM radio. By the way, the uh, WAQY, it had this enormous number in the morning. What are they doing? Doing uh, a Mexican tap dance in the morning or something over there? That, that calls for an investigation. Don't miss the 30%. Okay, four minutes before one at WINZ. Again, our sincere thanks to Gene Stevens for making it all possible. We have a caller on a payphone. Hello. Hey, Neil. How you doing? Not too bad. Just pulled up the turnpike. Uh, being a loyal Winds Radio spy at 12:40, Alice Stern played that. My wife left town with a banana. No, no. Honest to God, during your last core breaks, not this one, but about 20 minutes ago, I had to come off the turnpike to tell you. I can't believe it. Are you serious? Just to God, I couldn't believe that it. That is the lowest. I mean, that's even lower than his rating. I stayed around to listen to what was going on until the song ended to see, like, you know, if he was going to credit you with, you know, playing it first. But, of course, not. I think that Joe Johnson guy was on there, and they were discussing uh, his his great numbers, I guess, on the... His great numbers? What did they do, have a magnifying glass? They could have been looking at one of two things. <laughs> one quick question. How was... Uh, 60 cycle Sandy's ratings over the uh, 2.4. Uh, how's that? Is that average? That's uh, very weak, very weak. Same as Al's, only she beat Al by about um, 300 people per average quarter hour, but really tragic. All right, I just needed to hop off the road real quick to tell you that. Okay, thanks a lot. Take it easy. Thanks a lot. Is that is that the? I mean, I'm about ready to go nuts. I don't own that record. I mean, it's obviously you know it's a. In fact, uh, Alan Paris. The general manager at Channel 4, he sent me that. He sent me a tape of all of these novelty songs. But, I mean, my God, the, to be so blatant, to be so... I mean, I hope Fowler comes on today for two hours and just goes nuts. And, of course, by now he's had a good chance to look at the book, so if you were he, you would go nuts, right? Boy, I mean, that's just uh, shameless, Alice. Shameless, shameless, shameless. Can't believe it enough to make me want to go to Pumpernick's for lunch. Okay, Mike Wolf is here. I, I'm going to go in a hall and make guttural sounds. I'm pulling every plant out of the atrium during the news break. I really am. I can't stand it. And when we, when we come back, I'm playing everything in a whole rack in the next hour, even stuff that's not my material. If you'd like to call Neil, dial 764-0707 in Broward or 624-0191 in Dade. And now, here again is Neil Rogers. 107 at Winds. We have a caller in Little Havana this hour. Hello. Hello, Neil. How are you? Buenas tardes. Buenas tardes. I'm one of your Cuban uh, friend listeners. Great. I was there at uh, Pumpernick's and at C.B. Smith Park. Oh, boy. My God, do you have to uh, take uh, that uh, crap a lot, often, uh, the, the stuff you took at uh, Pumpernick's? Never again. Because if you... Never again. And you notice it's always these old men, these pathetic... Old men with the big, you know, two-inch spaces between their teeth and the red, you know, red in the face like they're going to have a stroke. There are about a half a dozen of them out there. They just haunt me everywhere. So the ones that migrate from the north, no? Yes. It was awful. I mean, I like, was... Like from the northeast. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, uh, I sort of envy talk show hosts because I say, wow, you know, they make all this money for doing nothing. And oh, yeah. 
my God, if you take that uh, uh, very often, uh, it's not worth no matter how much you make. I mean, that guy, was he was beyond apoplexy. I really was concerned that he was going to have a heart attack. He was just screaming and yelling, and then he kept chewing on that free Danish, and the guy was just nuts. And uh, the crappy thing is, is the hypocrisy is that these are the people that want to ban seven dirty words. Yeah, and he was he was letting some loose that nobody ever heard before. I I, I sort of almost had to throw my kids back in the car when I yeah. heard that. Yeah. To turn on the radio, listen to something clean. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I like to acknowledge you for you know putting yourself out there and uh, doing what you do. Uh, I enjoy the park scene, you know, at least I got a little sun, and uh, a lot of us stay indoors because uh, everything is dead from the brains down in this place. Yeah, you said it, from the brains to the toes. So when uh, we find something that will bring us out there, I usually appreciate it, no matter what it is, because it at least does get you out there. Well, that's true. Now, the crowd was good. It was just that it was chaotic and nobody could hear anything and everybody was, uh, I, I don't know, I just was lost. I think any chance that I had to do anything useful out there died when my tires got flattened. You know, at, at that point, it was like the whole rest of the day for me was going to be a disaster, and it was. Well, he probably, whoever did, has a guilty conscience right now. No, no. he's Outed. Well, yeah, he should have a guilty conscience for one reason only, and that is, in fact, I just got the check out of my uh, mailbox from the station. They just reimbursed me for the $400, so I've got four brand-new tires, and what's he got? <laughs> it really sucks. Okay, that's a, a good way of saying it. Okay, Neil. See you later. Take care. Thanks a lot. Alice. Ah, oh, that Joe Johnson, man. He's turning out to be an Alice licker. Wife left town with a banana. Love a rotten deal. Found that yellow devil hiding in her purse. He's cold and he's hard, but he's got appeal. I hope it never happens to you. Some fruit breaks your marriage in two. My wife left town with a banana. My baby's slipping away. I have never been to a prostitute, and I am not or have ever been a homosexual. Is that Alice on that tape? My wife left town with a banana. I'm a jealous man. She found a six-inch Latin lover. Now she does the tango with her right hand. Right now I could just die He's eating my banana cream pie My wife left town with a banana My baby's slipping My baby's slipping My baby's slipping away Okay, let me just say one thing. Tomorrow, I know Alice must be listening now, our guest is going to be Mary Jo Carl. How do you like that? And then on Wednesday, Dr. Ben Dova. We'll show you a thing or two, baby. Who did you say is on the line? I couldn't hear you. I was just uh, so engrossed. Manny Fernandez? Marlon Bailey? Oh, Marlon Bailey. I remember him. Is he on two? Marlon. Oh, that it sounds like that's at the Marlon Beach. What happened to him? Did he disappear? Okay, well, we'll get back to him later. Margate, hello. How are you, Neil? Okay. 
This is Flash Gordon from Margate and Boston. Yes, sir. You remember me? Flash away, sir. Ah, uh, no, I saw you uh, Saturday, and uh, I uh, donated a floral plant that I made for the. Uh... Of course, and we sold it uh, two or three times. We thank you very much. I left early, and I'd like to know what happened. Did you sell it uh, finally? Yeah. Well, actually, we sold it uh, for I think fifty-five, and then they said, "Okay, uh, we're going to give it back and sell it again." And then a woman paid forty-five, and she wanted to do the same thing. We said, "No, nah, it would just be, uh, you know, please take it," because she really liked it, you know. That's wonderful. So we got a hundred dollars for it. Hello. Uh, listen, what I wanted to tell you, I'm at your service. Anytime you have another, not in the park, but. Uh, Another raffle, I'll donate another beautiful one. Thank you. We appreciate it. I'm making one right now. Oh, as a matter of fact, we can do that um, out here on May 16th. May 16th? Yeah. Uh, where? At the station? Right here at WINZ. Okay. You can count on me. Thank you, Flash. And uh, don't park your car. You park your car in Boston, not yeah. in uh, uh, Florida. <clears throat> no, I'm going to start walking to work from now on. <laughs> okay. Listen, uh... I'm glad you made out pretty good, and uh, thank you very much. Thank you, Flash. Okay, bye. 113 at WINZ. We have an open line in Broward, 764-0707. Glenn Hill and one of our volunteers are <clears throat> stuffing away in the WINZ kitchen right now, and uh, they're having another one of those Zeta 4 uh, staff meetings in the bathroom. It's incredible. They're just all jammed in there. Jeff Chase and all of those people, Peter Bulger, they're all jammed into the John. It's a John jam. Pembroke Pines, hello. 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 Yes. Hi. Is this Neil Rogers? I think so. I would like to have an update on the Pumpernick's uh, ordeal. What happened out there? You How do you rate the restaurant? How do I rate the restaurant on a scale of what? Zero? Yeah, zero to ten. Minus infinity. Oh, really? Did you have a problem inside the restaurant or outside the restaurant? I didn't hear. I, I was... Yeah, somebody flattened all four of my tires there. Did you get them fixed? Yeah, I got them fixed. Oh, so how'd they get them fixed? Did they have to come out there, or...? We had a tow truck come out there, and I had to pay for it, and the station reimbursed me. Oh, they they got your car fixed, though. Where was it towed to? Did you have to go far? Yeah. How far? About to the Everglades. Oh, really? But, uh, like... This sounds like a setup call from Pumpernick's to me. No. You sure I wouldn't that? eat in that place if you paid me. Well, good, then be honest with it. That's what everybody else has said. Now, I didn't eat anything. They gave me about an eighteenth of a glass of grapefruit juice. And uh, then when I was just parched and dying, uh, they were going to bring me a diet soda. And I went outside for a minute, and then I sat there and sat there. And finally, uh, one of the waitresses uh, got her head on straight for about two seconds and brought it out. And by that time, my tongue was down to my shoelaces. But everybody else has said it's a disaster. And, you know, when I went in there, I was just shocked because it's still just the Royal Market Cafeteria, and they've just bought the name. Where did they buy the name from? From, Pump they... from Pumpernick's. They're just paying for the name. So they're putting Ashley Hollandale to disgrace. Are you, is that what it's like? I never thought about that. You know, that's like um, if we go to this store, it's not going to be like Hollandale. No. Me. No. So Worse. Stick to from Pembroke Pines to go back down to Hollandale. Don't forget Century Village is right up the street. Well, Century Village could stay up there, but we're saying, should we stay in Hollandale where we can steal this wheat and low? Yeah. Or go up to Holland, uh, Pumpernick's in the Pines? If I were you, I would stay in Hollandale for a, like a long time. You know what? I think she's been here too long myself, don't you? Strange. Boy, that was strange. She must have been one of those Zeta callers. She was on heavy-duty drugs, huh? 
Yeah, man. Oh. You know, she's been rubbing that acid on her wrist or something. 116 at WINZ. We have an open uh, line in Broward, 764-0707. And let's go to Coconut Grove and take our lives in our hands. Hello? Hello? Yes. Hi. This lady, uh, boy, she, she was funnier than Tammy, Tammy Faye Baker. Huh? She was. She was funnier than uh, Taffy McCallum. Uh, you would think that at least at PTL they would have enough money to buy Tammy a uh, makeup consultant. I have never been to a prostitute, and I am not or have ever been a homosexual. Please stop playing that. I can't, I can't stop laughing. Okay, sir. <laughs> uh, I have to thank you about uh, that you've given to the restaurant Diva. Uh, that place where they were sending you food last week? Yeah. Very nice restaurant. Yes, it is. Have you been there? Well, it's so far. See, I'm not anywhere near there. That's like way in South Miami. Uh-huh. It's way down yonder in New Orleans. Very good. I was there last week. That's what everybody says, and I know the food that they sent me, that fettuccine, boy, that was something special. The service is a little slow. They've got to get into it. But, yeah. Uh, the food was very, and very cheap. Two people with a bottle of wine for $40. Really? Really. Great. Very full. It was very nice. Excellent. I want to go to a place with good service. Please. Go to Los Ranchos for a steak. Los Ranchos? That's the place out in Sweetwater that's owned by the... Oh, yeah. I'm ready to go into Sweetwater, right, yeah, with a banjo on my knees, sir. place that's owned by uh, the, um, what's his name, the guy with, from the Sandinistas, um... <laughs> remember, uh... The Calero, Calero, Calero. Not Calero, the other guy, uh, the guy who they killed in Mexico. Oh, John Broward. <laughs> service there at Los Ranchos is very good, and the steak is very good. Good. Well, uh, the chances of my eating in Sweetwater, oh. although maybe the mayor will want to eat with me out there, the one who's a big fan of mine. A great steak. Yeah. And the service, I mean, if they don't do well, they ship them back out to fight the Contras. Great. That's good. Well, that's why they're losing. Yeah. Food down here in Miami in general is bad. It sucks. I mean, it really does. The food in this town is so bad, and, you know, here I've been trying to watch my weight a little bit, and I've been slipping behind a little, but so I'm not trying to go out and eat three gigantic meals a day, but on those occasions when you do want to go, for example, on the weekend, you'd like to have at least something really good. Well, the thing is is that I can find one restaurant in each category yeah. I feel is okay to go to, but there's not like a whole lot of restaurants. And when you live in West Broward, boy, I'm going to tell you, it is really grim. I mean, it is desperate. You ever make, the only restaurant I know, see, actually, I don't know anything up there. No, there is nothing. In Boca, there's a good restaurant. See, people in the audience keep calling in, making them up to try to make me feel better. They make up names. Uh, except for the uh, the pizza place, uh, Brick Oven Pizza. Brick Oven's good, but that's not anywhere near me. And I, how much pizza can you eat? That's what my point was this morning. If you don't want Chinese and you don't want Italian, you might as well forget it. Right. But basically, that's true. Yeah. Even the Chinese down here isn't so good. Well, some of it. I've only found one or two that's anything you know worth eating at all. Well, I don't want to get into your personal life, sir, but listen, have a great day, and uh, take care of yourself. What was he talking about, sex with the Chinese or something? That was strange. Boy, Mao would have been upset about that, huh? 119. Chinese, by the way, have got some real hang-ups about that, even the ones who have been here for a long time. You know that? Because their culture is so... Um, mm. They're just uh, locked into these certain... In fact, it used to be before they started... Uh, fining them for making more than one baby. It used to be that they spent all of their time eating rice and making babies. That's all that they did. <laughs> and you should have seen where they re were eating the rice from. You know where that expression rice patty came from? <laughs> I wonder if that's like a patty melt or a patty wagon. 
Can you believe that Alice played that? What is wrong with you all of a sudden? What are you uh, burping over here? I'm not burping. Now he's going to do the Howard Stern greps no, on the air. I can't believe it. I he's going to let loose with a big greps. I just brought you another stack of hate mail. A stack? Well, yeah, a small stack. but. Uh, oh, that's good. Boy, that means we'll get a 20 in the next book. Yeah. I mean, the uh, seven was nice, folks, but we want to double the audience by the next book. That'll played, show these fakers something. He, they still won't be able to sell it, but <laughs> he played. I left, Let me see that. I left town with a banana. Al, Al played that? Alice played My Wife Left Town with a Banana. Can't be serious. And that Alice liquor, Joe Johnson is over there uh -oh. bringing him all of my material now. Well, it's after one, next so thing, they're listening Yeah, of now. course. What do you think I'm talking about it for? We had one of our wind spies called us and said they played it at 1240. Well, I know for a fact that I turned Joe on Next, they'll be song. playing a Michael Jackson glove spot. Uh, maybe they already did today. No one called about that? Oh, boy. You going to play it? After this break. Okay. Hello. This is Michael Jackson, urging you to help stop the spread of social disease. Don't risk your life by having a romantic encounter with an unfamiliar acquaintance. I urge you to do like I do. Go it alone. But make sure you wear protection. That's why I recommend the Michael Jackson glove. Worn on either hand, the Michael Jackson glove adds the security and peace of mind that I need to do it myself. So remember, before you pull it out, put it on and... The Michael Jackson glove, proving once again that a bird in the hand is better than one in the bush. Available in sequin models for extra stimulation. I hear that uh, Joe's working on a new one. It's called the Michael Jackson tongue. It's uh, 25 past 1 at WINZ. You're not going to leave some of the mail. Neil, I agree with you 100%. And I would like for you to send me a petition. By the way, I'm 14 years old, and I have heard and have used those seven words frequently. <clears throat> a couple of uh, stains on the paper, by the way. <laughs> also, wait till you hear this. There are darker color stains on this uh, paper. <laughs> Mr. Rogers, while I've never wasted my time listening to you. Now, now I want you to try to absorb the whole concept here, okay? This rotten, filthy old bag, this SOB. You know what that is? Yes. It's a sorry old bag. You're right. Well, I've never wasted my time listening to you. I was told if you don't like what your listeners say, you hang up. Well, you can't do that to me if you're afraid or too guilty to read on. I'll never know. And I couldn't care less. <laughs> oh. It's odd you like to dish out what you want, anything for shock value, but don't like to listen. Now, this, again, she'd never listened to the show. She wouldn't waste the time. Mm -mm. I suggest if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. Your bosses must be hard up to keep a fat slob bastard like you on their payroll. You are a disgrace to humanity. If I wouldn't do a, if I couldn't do a better job, I'd resign. But then I have character and I'm a real journalist. And you can tell that by the language, like the fat slob bastard is very good. I feel sorry for the persons who tune you in, but then all our morons are not on radio talk programs. I'll something, I'll wager you don't have the guts to show this to the management. Cowards usually don't have guts to face the truth. I shan't. Oh, that me. Oh, I shan't. This must be a real. This must be from uh, Taffy, huh? Oh, I bet she went to Smith College. Estelle Green. Oh, she was wonderful at Smith College. I used to room with Estelle, and in our spare time, we used to inspect each other's private parts. Oh, it was wonderful. And, in fact, we had a lot of spare time, so Estelle and I grew quite close over the years at Smith College. 
And I guess some of her genius rubbed off on me. Just a matter of speech, friends, of course. <laughs> anyway, she goes on to say, I shan't include my address because just in case you'd have the good manners, which I doubt to answer me, I really would not care to hear from you. Estelle Green, P.S. As I read this, I can just hear you say, I'd like to get my hands on her such nerve. Bet you are just the type to take a swipe. <laughs> I was talking to one of the psychologists, sing, one of the psychologists at the university, and he said, you must not have been used to anything in your youth, and now that you do what you do, it makes you feel important. I feel the same way. As the letter goes on, it becomes more illiterate. It's hard to read. Yeah. From Estelle Green in the audience. Well, Estelle, we know you're listening right now, and even though Taffy can't be there with you to inspect your private parts and give you certain types of stimulation, I'm sure that getting your name on the radio has given you the biggest thrill that you've had in years. Probably done more good for you than a good coffee enema would do. You miserable, pathetic old bag. Uh, isn't that great? I mean, the idea that somebody would take time to write a letter like that who has never even listened, right? And we're supposed to believe that? She's a bigger liar than Lee Fowler. South Miami. Hello. Neil. Yes. Beautiful program today. You were right about Saturday. I had to turn the radio off. It was so bad. Tragic. I got a couple of... Embarrassing. I got a couple of acronyms for you. It's it's too late for one. I agree with you so far, 100%, but this thought came to me, so I thought I'd pass it on. Instead of save our First Amendment rights, grant our First Amendment rights to talk. You got that one? G-O, you know, go, F-A-R. Yeah, right, go far. Yeah, to talk, with two T's, right? Oh, okay. And then the other one, the Federal Communications... That's not too bad. The Federal Communications Commission, and they're not really in charge of communications. They're destroying it, so I would call them the Federal Uncommunications Commission. Yeah. And, you know, if you pronounce that one, what it comes out. Yeah, very good, sir. I got you all the way. In fact, I wanted to have a bumper sticker that said, um, do I dare spell it on the air? No? Boy, look at him, man. He's just, all of a sudden, it's like 1.30 already. We're almost uh, finished, and he's getting, Kyle's getting real nervous. Now, why can't I spell it? It wasn't going to be, uh, it had no K in it. Well, wait a minute. I'll tell you what. I'll type it out, and we'll see if you think I can spell it. Okay, here it is. Can I spell that? No? That would be a good bumper sticker, though, wouldn't it? I mean, with periods after each letter, not with the... Okay, okay, that's the end of the party, Kyle said. That's it. Okay, uh, Miami Lakes, hello. Hello, Neil. Yes, sir. How are you? Okay. I had an acronym, too. It was so far, so bad, but I can't say it over the area. You can think of what's so bad. So far. But listen, I'm over here with 45 of your petitions. Great. And I took one of them to the Tesaw Convention at the Fontainebleau on Saturday night. They had 4,000 English teachers. The Seesaw Convention? Seesaw means teacher, teachers of speakers of other languages. Oh, yes. I remember that from Smith College. Yes. They had 4,000 yes. English teachers there. I, I, we, we got a slate of the petitions filled out. Wonderful. I sent them to you, but here is the crux of the thing. There were a great many of them who would not sign. Why not? Because there, there are as many right-wingers in the teaching profession as there are anywhere else. Oh, sure. And when you stop to think, Neil... 
that we have people who teach the language but will not sign a First Amendment petition. Does that yeah. tell you where we're going? You bet. This country. And listen, before I uh, go off, a couple of questions. This came up, and I'd like to ask you. Several people asked if it is not true in order for the petitions to be valid, that they had to write their full address. No, no, this is not a legal binding petition. That would only be if it were a petition uh, to, for example, if it were a petition to uh, put something on a ballot. But that's not the kind of petition we're doing. This is just a volume petition. So it's sufficient to put down the city of right. where they reside. You bet. Okay. And my last thought, uh, I'd like to ask, I, I, it has been my contention for years that the existence, the very existence of the FCC on the face of it is unconstitutional. Because the First Amendment says Congress shall make no law right. abridging freedom of speech. The FCC is instituted by Congress. Therefore, how can that agency have any authority to pull this sort of stunt? And why hasn't somebody in your business before now brought a test case on the legitimacy of the FCC as an agency all the way to the Supreme Court to see if that thing could be completely knocked out of the government. Well, the reason they haven't done it is because nobody wants to lose their license. But I understand what you're saying. I agree with you. I don't think, you know, in, in terms of this, the FCC should be a bookkeeping agency, and they should monitor technical things, and they should, uh, you know, monitor sales of radio stations and uh, make sure that responsible people are buying them, which, of course, is a joke. When's that going to start? And that should be it. That's as much authority as they should have. They should have absolutely no authority over content or language whatsoever. I know I've heard the rationale. The rationale is that the public airwaves are limited, and therefore they're... Ah, that, you know, that's the biggest excuse. Oh, you and I know. That that's the biggest... Absolutely... Look, look, the marketplace limits the number... You know, th this jerk that called me last week and called Taffy with the same phone call about, well, anybody can start a newspaper. The economics of each community and of the country automatically limit the number of newspapers that can financially exist. So the idea that, you know, we can have 50 daily newspapers in the city of Miami is ludicrous. So there is ba there's certainly much more of a monopoly when it comes to the print media than there is the broadcast media. That's true. A and yet there is no regulation at all on what they can print other than the libel law. That's the only law that inhibits them to print any damn thing that they want. Absolutely. Okay, well, I'll let you get on to another caller. Okay, thanks a lot. We appreciate that. I work over at Miami-Dade, one Good. of the campuses. I've posted uh, two petitions in our department. We're trying to get them around to all four campuses. Great. We appreciate your help. Okay, Neil. Thanks a million. I would think, too, that, uh, and maybe we've heard from them, and I don't know, because I'm not going through the mail. There's just too much of it, and the volunteers are. But uh, WVUM at the University of Miami and the Miami-Dade station at FIU has a station, and even Killian High. Didn't we get that nice letter? from those good-looking kids at Killian High, certainly they ought to be involved in this too, right? Yes. You bet. Especially Killian High. I think we should talk to them Exactly. Today. They ought to be the volunteers. They ought to be coming over here right now and uh, <laughs> stuffing envelopes and anything else they can get their hands on. Someday we hope to quietly tell our story, a story of two sinners saved by grace. Okay, and of course uh, Grace is going to be our guest tomorrow here on WYNZ. It's 26 before 2. At WINZ, I keep saying those call letters over and over again. Boy, Dave Hosley would be so proud. <laughs> this. Well, when I was growing up at Smith College as a young matronly girl, we used to have just a wonderful time reading all the classics, and when we would get to the really filthy parts, that's when all of us girls would giggle and titter a lot. But in today's more dignified society, I don't believe that this kind of language belongs on the radio. They're 
two Miami cops with a hot new beat. They're on the streets fighting crime. Hey, Pop, that's a handicapped face there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Hallandale Vice. We got a problem. The Grey Gang is up to their old tricks. Lieutenant, isn't that the group of senior citizens who went around trying to get the early bird special after seven? Yeah, they're back in town. Let's go get them. They'll stop at nothing to clean up the streets. Hey, lady, you can't cross here. You'll have to cross at the light. And they're determined to clean up the smuggling business. All right, sister, you're under arrest. Oh, so now you're arresting my wife. What's the charge? Possession of powder. Open that purse, Tub. Let's see that white stuff. Yeah, just a thought. She's got over 100 bags in here. Of what? Sweet and low. From that restaurant she just came out of. Let's take them in. Yes, they're coming in Miami Cubs on a hot new beat in Hallandale Vice. Premiering this fall on MBZ. Okay, 21 before 2 at WINZ, and let's go to North Miami Beach. Hello. Hi, Neil. How you doing? Good. I think you ought to readjust that last cart that should say, uh, now that Neil Rogers has gone to Hallandale, we've decided to tell Taffy where to go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the reason I'm calling, and I'm glad the conversation has kind of come back this way, there's an article in the Miami Herald on the front page of the local section that I don't know if you happened to catch this morning, but it's very, very interesting. It's entitled, Felon's Curse, Judge Finds Him in Contempt of Court, and the words contempt of court are kind of hyphened out as if they were curse words. Oh, you mean Carl Hyacinth's column. Yeah, I read that. Uh, okay. Did you read that? Yeah. Okay. I mean, is that fuel for the fire or what? Yeah, that's good. I didn't know. I'm glad you got a hold of it. I wanted to send it to you, but obviously you've got it. I just wanted to know if it could be of any use because I went through this thing and said, talk about a double standard. This is really incredible. This is just a perfect example of hypocrisy in action. It, 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 it's just incredible. The stuff with, uh, you know, hey, mama broke in, I don't want to hear this FS and all, and all these sort of things. It kind of just set me on edge, and I just wanted to bring it to your attention. I didn't know whether you caught that. You know what it reminds me of? Did you see the movie Injustice for All? Yes. That's what it reminds me of. Remember the judge, the uh, the guy who was sitting there swearing? When he went nuts in the courtroom. And the, and the judge said, uh, what is with all of this profanity? And he said, well, judge, I'm a diabetic. And he said, sir, I fail to see the connection between being a diabetic and all of these uh, vulgar words you're using. And he said, that's because you're a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I don't remember that well. but it's that was, That's one of my favorite moments of all time. Uh, well, I just wanted to bring it to your attention, Neil. I know that you're going through uh, some advertising and what have you, and I thought this would be the great kind of thing to put into print ad if you really want to make an impression. But you've seen it, so that's my piece, and I'll uh, I'll just let it go with that. Thanks a lot. Sure, take it easy. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know how many people saw Hyacinth's column in the Herald this morning, but it all has to do with this guy in court who was uh, <laughs> using F-words and S-words and a variety of others, and the judge was having a nervous breakdown and uh, kept increasing the fine, uh, or his bond. He kept increasing it because he was getting so upset from the, uh, well, one vulgarity beginning with the letter M and having an F somewhere in the middle is the way Hyacinth describes it here, and it's really a classic. Okay, uh, what just happened? we got two lines open in date. Oh, we'll never get to them anyway, right? Especially if I just sit here. Every now and then I just get that that desire to just kind of sit here and just make everybody wait, you know? Because that's the kind of town this is. This is a, it's a strange kind of a place. Strange. And it's like they're really looking to screw you everywhere you go. Whether you're looking to get an apartment. I don't want to go through that again. Or whether you're looking for a meal. Or you just are standing out there in the middle of the highway lost. You know, somebody's going to come along within five minutes looking to really stick it to you. Fort Lauderdale, hello. Hello. Yes. Good afternoon, Neil. How you doing? 
Uh, pretty good. I just called to uh, give you a few words of advice, not for you particularly, but your area stations that are definitely envious. Plagiarism is envy. Envy is ignorance. And ignorance is bliss. And water seeks its own level. So good luck. Keep oh. getting in there. Okay, sir. All right. Thank you. I think that was a message for Alice. And uh, judging from the uh, numbers that we've got here, he has found a new level that is just uh, incredible. i got to look at this again. Of course, we don't have the hour by hour, but in the 10 to 3, in the midday uh, day part, the average quarter hour for IOD, they have 16,500, and NWS has 16,200. So even though it is very, very close, very close, it looks like, uh, well, we'll have to wait till we see the individual hours, because Lee could certainly have done a big number in there from one to three. You know what I mean? Like a one in each hour. That great professional broadcaster, Lee Fowler, who sits on the air and rips his own people on the air as program director, and who tells the rest of us about gutter broadcasting and about professionalism while he continues to do his uh, sex pulls and wants to know where you did it. Unbelievable. I know where he's doing it. He's doing it right on the radio every day for two hours. That's where he's doing it. Screwing the public and screwing that company. Just give me a chance. I want to have an opportunity, friends. I've always competed well. It's just that I don't believe in that kind of radio. I'm not going to change. I'm going to talk to my stepmother, and I'm going to talk to Gil Siegel, and I'm going to talk to the bridge tender. I'm going to do whatever the hell I want, folks, because you don't understand. When you don't have any money in your pocket, you can't buy your kids food. Now, speaking of my kids, Terry and Tracy are going to be my guests tomorrow. We're going to have them in the Michael DeSisto's school. Wouldn't that be something we could get Kane? That would be good. Wouldn't that get Kane on with Michael DeSisto, and Craig could bring in his children? And then Steve's daughter could stand in the other room and throw darts at them all. You know, that would be good. Pembroke Pines, hello. Neil. Speak to me, sir. That was great. I mean, the only thing that was any good at the park was your invitation of Craig Worthing. I know, and it cost, it cost somebody 20 bucks. To me. I was on a paper. Well, it was well worth it, wasn't it? More than well worth it. Good. I, I, I wet my pants right there. Did you really? I wondered what that was all about. I thought you were just glad to see us all. Well, congratulations on your great ratings. Thank you. And uh, my wife had had me take some Polaroids and send them for your hot hunt contest. But after she saw Kathy West, she said, forget it. <laughs> uh, I think Kathy uh, would have been a lot better off if she stayed incognito. Definitely, definitely. You know, yeah. we had a lot of our dreams about her, and then we see her, and oh, my God, you know, what can I say? Well, anyway, real quick, i got to go to Hallandale to go to work today. And uh, this week I'm going up to Gainesville and Ocala, and I'm taking petitions with me, getting them signed up there. So I Great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw the whole thing. And he, he had his own show on last night where he went in depth into. Uh, in depth, I'll bet. The more of it is. How deep? How deep did he go? Pretty deep, you know. I'll tell you, real deep. You know, what can you say with these nasty bakers and everything? You know. Well, take care. Keep it up and kill those ratings. Okay. Good luck. Thanks a lot. I have never been to a prostitute, and I am not, or have ever been a homosexual. Our guest tomorrow is going to be Jim Baker. He's going to be raising money for the Baker Defense Fund. From their new home at the Y, it's Jim and Tammy Faye. 
for all our prayer partners in radio, ladies and gentlemen. His is smaller than Keith Macho person, Taffy McCannum, will be along from 2 to 4 this afternoon. Do you know that they really did? They have dumped Taffy's subject that originally was scheduled for today. I think that may be the real silver lining in the midst of that dark cloud at C.B. Smith Park from Saturday. I mean, it was really a disastrous broadcast, but out of even the most disastrous events in human history comes something positive. And if that uh, hysteria on the part of the audience when I asked about Taffy's subjects, if that finally got the message across then we might have uh, really done something positive. Hollywood, hello. Yes, Neil, what about uh, getting the help of the American Civil Liberties Union, uh, you know, in your fight with the F, you know, the... Yeah, we're going to have them on the show in a couple of weeks. Uh-huh. Do you think they'll do any good or help yes. you in any meaningful way? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because, you know, you're waging a fight by your, all by yourself against the big government agency. I mean, you need help. Right. Well, they're going to be here, sir. They're going to do it. Miami, Hello. Miami, with a banjo on your knee? Oh, that must have been Mayor Suarez. I guess he hung up. Yeah. Okay, it's 12 minutes before 2 at WINZ, and let's try Miami Lakes. I'm sure there's somebody here. Hello? Hello. I knew it. Yes. Um, the bakers. What are they famous for? Pop-tarts. Pop-tarts? <laughs> yeah. Um, that you put in a pop-up to toaster. Saturday. Uh-huh. Do you regret it? Woo. My husband, I mean, we've been a fan of yours, Neil, for about seven years. Up until Saturday. Uh, well, since we arrived in Miami, you've always, I've gotten all your postcards, I've joined in your drives and everything. Uh, Saturday, he thought real sexy Cassie West. And we got there. Woo! He couldn't believe it. What a dog, huh? You gave her too big a build-up. <laughs> well, listen, I'm, talking, I'm know, always trying odd. to make gold out of chopped liver. I'm always trying to give people a big build-up. And he's saying, no, that's not her. They're just pretending. So we walked up to the hill where they had the speaker. Yeah. And I said, listen, that's Kathy West. And he could not believe it. Yeah. No, it was really tiny, Tim. Um. I was real disappointed in the crowd. Well, it was hot standing out there. Yeah. I finally took my shirt off because... Um, Did you really? Oh, you were the one. Uh, oh, no. I had something under it, a tank top. But it was miserable. Um, there was no coverings, you know, yeah. enclosure or something. But we sat up there on the hill for a while, and then we went down. We signed the petition. I gave some money. Um... There were real rednecks there. Uh, one guy... Wait a minute, in my crowd? Yes. Yes. you got to be pulling my leg. No. A six-foot-three guy. He he trampled all over my foot. And then he pushed me and hit me in a spot that hurt. 
uh, I said, a real gentleman, because he was wanting a ri uh, one of those um, blue mugs. Oh, yeah. Well, he wasn't part of our crowd. He was just a freeloader. I don't know. And I said, a real gentleman. He said, who are you talking about? And I said, you. And um, it was pretty crazy around the back of you. I'm surprised. Um, yeah, you better say that again. I'm, I'm real. Uh, listen, I'm just delighted to be here today. Uh, I went back up there to my husband, and I told him, I said, they are not watching the back of the people no. down there. No, they weren't paying any attention at all. It was just, uh, you know, kind of like turn us loose, and if we get through it, good luck to you, and if not, it's been nice knowing you. Now, Kathy really shocked me. Uh, her voice, like you said, she needs throat lozenges. Uh, it, it grates me when I hear it. I feel like she should. <laughs> yeah, see, well, she takes it the wrong way. A lot of people have said, Taffy, you've got a great voice, uh, and they don't understand what uh, that they're spelling it G-R-A-T-E, uh, like in grated cheese. It, it really does. Grated and mung. Seeing her, it was a 1958 hairstyle. Where we used to have the spit curls, and we put it down with dippity doo. Yeah, an 1858 hairstyle. But Neil, yeah, we're Taffy is a petition. I am getting it signed and sending it in to you. Thank you. And you're great. You really are, and you have lost weight. Oh yeah, quite a bit. Especially since Saturday, I've been <laughs> vomiting for two days. Me and my husband both. Poor, poor husband. He was so disappointed in Kathy. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to uh, hire Miss. We're going to hire Miss Pembroke Pines to replace her. Or Bridget Bordeaux. One or the other. Okay. Listen. Hang in there. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thanks bye a lot. Bye. Okay. It's one fifty-two at WINZ. I think we have one more break to do here, don't we? And then it's almost going to be time to go home. Have you heard about the Equities Five at WINZ? Taffy McCallum after the news, and I think we ought to close it out with a really good call here. Miami. Hello. Hello. Yes. Bill Rogers. Yep. I am glad to talk to you, but I'm going to say you're an overrated queer that don't know anything and that's working for W-I-N-G, and they're crooked. So is the Miami Herald, who's crooked, and I can prove it. So my name is Harry Goldhammer. Harry what? Harry Goldhammer. Goldfinger? Goldhammer, not finger. Go ahead, sir. Speak up. Time is running out. Talk to you one for You're an overrated queer, and you're working for crooks like W-I-N-G and the Miami Herald. And no, sir, wait a minute. W-I-N-G is in Dayton, Ohio. What? Go ahead, sir. Order. Speak up. Speak up. Hammer. Speak up, sir. Is that it, sir? Hello.
Joyce again tomorrow morning at 10 for another adventure of Gold Hammer. Exclusively on WING Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Chicken man, anyway, right? Okay, that's going to do it here. And certainly, I told you we were going to close it out with a good call, and we did. And uh, boy, I tell you, I hope he calls every day because I want to hear about all those crooks at WING and at the Miami Herald. We found out a lot of interesting information today. We found out about Bill Cosford and his shoe size, and uh, Keith Allen, and about his size. Found out some good stuff today. So uh, tomorrow morning, we'll probably pick up right where we left off. Michael Wolf is here with some more of those wild headlines, and then Daffy is going to be along today. You just watch. Today, you're going to see a different girl on the Taffy McCallum Show. One at WINZ. A little blast from the past. Boy, I feel just like Ricky Ticky in the afternoon, only with a higher share. Coming up cheesecake. It's making the knees shake. All of the old folks up at the mall They're checking the CDs No, they never say please Just waiting for the early bird special to come Wasting waking in good old Searching for the false teeth they left in a glass And how dare they claim that there's a dark host to blame But they know it's their own damn fault Shoving in line to get the early bird on time. They're pushing just as hard as they can. And once they are seated, they get overheated and start stuffing rolls and sweet and low in their bags. This bulletin just into the WINZ newsroom from one of our wind super spies in his yellow Miami Herald raincoat, the first caller, the inaugural caller on the Ron Sachs show on W Snooze. Can they handle it? Harvey from Kendall. Looking for that long lost problem of you. How did they say that it's a ball of dreams a day? But for some, an enema in the blues. The old folks don't know the reason why nothing is pleasing. Their muscles ache and their teeth just don't fit. What does it matter? 
they call up Neil and Chatter. I hate you, Neil, and never listen to your show. They're wasting away again in good old holiday. Just a box of metal music and a radio. How dare they claim that it's a dark horse to blame? But Neil knows they can't wait for his show. And how dare they claim that it's a dark horse to blame? But Neil knows they just can't wait. We have verification, ladies and gentlemen. Another WYNZ super spy has spotted Harvey from Kendall. Harvey's wiping it off right now. Unbelievable. And wasn't it Fowler this morning in the 87th uh, WS News programming seminar who said, and we're going to get to as many callers as possible from now on. We're really going to get through them because there's nothing worse than repetitive chronic callers.